0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to to the
1: Smoking smoking Word.
0: Welcome. Once again, it's on the Smoking Word podcast. It's back and always brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. Support the show right now. Go to CasaTheRock.com right now and cop a T-shirt, some slides. We got pins. We got all. That's how you support me. Support the show. Go cop some merch. Look good. You know what's up. Every T-shirt is 21 bucks. That's how we celebrate 2021. And um, you get to support the greatest podcast on planet Earth with an F. But anyway, um, always shout out to my Patreon family. Listen. I can't say it enough. I'm going to say it every podcast. I don't give a fuck, but thank you for all you people holding me down, especially my Patreon family. It ain't always about money, you know, but the people that do throw up money for the podcast to keep continuing, you get an extra piece of my heart because it shows the dedication and the love you got for me and what I'm doing. So mad love to you. We got a lot of shit coming. I'm having fun with it. And, We're about to turn up in 2022, so you know we're taking Smoking Word TV, the Smoking Word podcast, to that next level with the help of my Patreon family. So thank you, like always, and also shot and hold on. Before I go on, the shot of if you want to get down with the get down, join my Patreon family now at Patreon.com/slash The Smoking Word, Patreon.com/slash The Smoking Word. That's how you invest in the podcast. Again, for you dinosaurs. If you like what I do and you want to know how you could support the show, jump on this. Go to patreon.com slash the smoking word. And we got a couple of tiers where you get exclusive footage. We got a bunch of things on there that you can, you know, you're going to have fun with. It's stuff that only you guys get. When I go on the road, I take Patreon with me. You know, I try to give you something that the rest of that, all the civilians don't get. So, but shout out to everybody showing love all over the planet. You know, that's the great thing about this, the Smoking Word podcast. You know, our family is worldwide, and that's how I want to keep it. So, shout out to the worldwide um, Smoking Word podcast family. We're taking over YouTube. So, go to Smoking Word TV. Make sure to subscribe. Listen, for everybody else out there, who don't want to give money because you don't got the funds or you're just cheap, because a lot of you cheap motherfuckers out there, to support and to subscribe is free. So go right now. I'm going to give you a minute right now. You're going to see on the bottom. It says subscribe. You're going to hit that button. There's a like button next to that. Hit that shit, too. So blast that shit, support, follow. Follow me on Instagram, Rock 357 Follow the fucking podcast, Smoking Word Podcast, on Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to Smoking Word TV. We're gonna turn that shit up. We're hitting that shit hard. We got a lot of plans. Um, the pandemic may have changed the world, but it didn't fuck with the grind. And we've been grinding, and we got a lot of shit for you guys. So um, but um, again, shout out to everybody holding me down. Shout out to fucking the um. Uh, shout out to um, the Hella Hella Hot Sauce family for keeping the hot sauce right. Go support them. All fucking real ingredients, all that good shit. I want you to go right now and support Warlock Cabinets. You might have seen it on my Instagram. The Hoya Rock Box is ready to rock. Custom cabs, go support them. Great work. Hardcore motherfucker. Out of Massachusetts, beautiful work. So make sure you go support him, go support the underground, go support everybody's podcast, go support everybody's uh, go cop that merch. Listen, I love the misfits and I love Metallica and Foo Fighters and all that shit, but they're rich. So go support the underground, not just the smoking word, but everybody keeping this movement alive and everybody living in the trenches. Anyway, my guest today, an old friend, an OG from the New York hardcore scene, and probably my um, not my first, but probably um, the first certified um, car- professional carnivore I ever met, my boy Nick Solares. Let's set this shit off.
2: Can you hear me? Sorry. Oh, no, I
0: hear. Here we go.
2: How, how's my levels? Do I need to levels? Finish? You gotta say
0: my levels. My levels like the rappers do. Turn my levels up. Can you see the mic?
2: Oh, you kind it disappears into me. So yeah, I'm I got the
0: same. I got the same background. I did. My arm disappears.
2: I'm speaking into a Port steak right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Listen, I wasn't even expecting the background, but I'm glad you you hit you came hard with that background.
2: Oh yeah, because otherwise it's just my fucking tiny apartment in Manhattan. You know. No, like, that's all right. You see, mine behind
0: mine is my mansion. All <laughs> right, you're in Florida, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm in fucking South Florida. I've been out here for like maybe I don't know what seven years or some shit. Hey, it's a good place to
2: raise kids, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, and it was the right move. Well, you know, I ain't getting into whatever, whatever. But I think I picked the right spot to kind of at the, you know, to ride some of this crazy time. Oh, out. man.
2: Yeah. I was down south for this shit for most yeah. of it. Yeah. I see you what is it with these fucking things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're natural. At least when they burn, you know, you seen the thing. They yeah, turn I black. Can't, I can't open the fucking I, can't, I can I never open this tin. So I'll tell you the best. You want to hear something funny? My boy. Right. Uh his he 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 hits me up and he's like, Yo, I got something for you. And it's like, you know, the pack of cones for raw, you know, the right. whatever the 20-pack, 50 pack. But the reason he got it was his moms gave it him thinking it was those candles to take your earwax out. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. when he told me that. I like I almost don't want to even touch him just because of that. I'm like, yeah, the ear candles are amazing. Mm. But um, what's the deal with that? So I seen. You fucking riding bike, fucking, first of all, people our age should ride bikes a little bit more civilized than the way you ride a bike.
2: (laughs) Well, people our age should be doing everything more civilized than the way we do it. Yeah, well, that's true. But
0: I I see, like, I know you always, did. you know, you trained. I know you box. We'll get into that for a long time. But
2: what's up with the riding? How long you been riding for? So... I started riding downhill mountain bikes back in the nineties, like the Coney Island high days. Like, okay. Mad, well, like when the first ball record came out, I was yeah. fucking riding back then, right? All right.
0: And so you then, were riding, but okay, you were riding like the mountain bikes like now, like, are you riding now or I was like- riding.
2: I was riding mountain bikes, but it was like, it still was little. like the A7 of the sport back then. Yeah, you know what I'm no, saying? Yeah. Like there was nobody doing it. And like, we, we had these crazy big bikes that were all steel built in Brooklyn. And like, yeah. you know, we were learning as we went along. I stopped riding like maybe, um, 15 years ago. Like I just oh, got into food writing and my life went on and I, yeah. you know, I just stopped going of out to the country all the time and going back to the sports, like Encino man, like mate, like the fucking technology is just off the hook. Now everything uh, is yeah. fiber and it weighs like nothing at all. And it's like the stuff these bikes can do is just phenomenal. Like, so I was, uh, during the pandemic, I ended up going down South and uh, somebody very nice bought me a mountain bike.
0: Wow, that's somebody so, nice. If they want to yeah, be nice, uh, you know, I like uh, Ferraris,
2: I like mercedes benzos Yeah, well, this was about. A, I mean, it wasn't expensive for those cars, but it, but you believe me, for the cost of a good mountain bike, you can buy a motor. Hell, like you can buy a real car. You hell
0: know? yeah, I know. Uh, Mikey, my, my drummer, he's a big biker guy. He's into mountain biking, and we always talk bikes too. And he tells me, yeah, that you know, they could run you, you know, some money. But I also know. I see it with him how when the fever bites you, you know, the bike thing, it bites you. And, you
2: then, the, and then when you crash, you know, oh, you will replace you. everything. That's when the money comes out. We're recording this, right? Like, are yeah, we, yeah. I'll be edit, on. You edit it down?
0: Yeah, yeah. If, if needed, good. I leave it as raw as possible unless something comes out that people don't want.
2: It'll be as raw as possible. Yeah, baby. exactly. Raw.
0: Listen. You know we keep that shit raw, so you should be freaking rawing up this fucking podcast. Listen, th-
2: that's how I like these steaks, pretty
0: much raw. Exactly. I mean? We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk steaks. We're gonna talk that because I got fucking questions. Like obviously the day I actually hit you up, and it actually you know I had a good turnout. But well, how did that? How did that come out? It came out good. It came out good. I went a little bit more than I wanted to, but the reason why my son i was i was worried he wasn't he he didn't he wasn't gonna eat it like you should eat it while the thing is bleeding
2: Listen, it's how old is he
0: um um just turned 13
2: yeah i mean until you're like 15 16 you get a pause. you can put yeah, ketchup, exactly. you can put ketchup on a hot dog until you're 12 after that <laughs> and after that done. yeah like, oh yeah even in my house
0: i'm like no you better put mustard on exactly, shit like that exactly you know like yeah you know the um, deal and then and then yeah so the i know the bike So you, I know you were early and, and, and when you were doing riding early, it was in the city or you were, when you were just going down South.
2: Back in the, you mean the old days?
0: Yeah. In the old days. Back
2: in the old days, we would do it in a, I mean, we would seek out ski mountains, right? Like, and you put your bike on the chairlift, and it would go to the top and you'd ride (laughs) down the ski slopes and down the, and through the woods. Right. And then you have to drive like three or four hours. Now they have bike parks in New Jersey. They have yeah. places everywhere. It's great. You know, the other thing I started doing is riding BMX bikes because when I came back to the city, I couldn't get out to the country anymore. You know, I was like, so I started riding my old, I have an old Brooklyn Machine Works like uh, park bike, which is like small 24 inch wheels. So I ride BMX almost every day of the week. It is the best workout.
0: Yeah, I see with the BMX. That's why I was wondering if originally you came up with the BMX riding nope. but it, it was really just the other kind of street bike whatever mountain bike riding everything
2: first. everything that i all the stuff that you would have expected that i did when i was a kid i didn't do any of that shit i was into punk rock back then yeah you was know? yeah, no, like, like
0: occupying your fucking. I was t-
2: like yeah i stopped everything like that you know like the only thing that the only the only sport we did me and tommy Carroll back in the days we, we started boxing, boxing right? yeah. like that was so we're gonna go before that so i want to go back because this is the shit with you
0: that already that 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 people may not know or people do know and always but with me even so where were you born i know where you were you born but when I'm, I'm i've never learned when you came to the to the city and you have been to actually, the city forever
2: i was actually born in new york city moved okay. to italy almost like within like six months all right lately for a couple of years because my family is argentinian but but being Argentinian, we're mostly Italian. So okay. Of, so we were in Italy and then moved to London in like 1970. Okay. And that's where
0: I know more for. So I know you had, you know, your your family was a mix and I didn't know actually Argentina, but yeah, I knew Argentina. there was a mix.
2: And You know, I'd never been to Argentina until two years ago.
0: Oh, well, I love and it. And I there. went
2: there it May. it is amazing. And, and
0: especially for you eating meat? Are you
2: kidding me? Beef de chorizo everywhere. Yeah, and the funny thing is like, all the stuff that my mom grew up cooking for me, right? I was suddenly like, oh, that makes total sense. Like they put raisins in their um, empanadas, right? Empanadas, same thing. My mother would make a cottage pie, which is beef and with a- She'd put fucking raisins in it. I was like, what do you do? Why? Like, I never understood and, it. Like, everywhere else I had cottage pies, there was no raisins. It was, like, carrots and peas in it. So yeah, it all and, kind of makes sense. Like, the pasta recipes, like, they were just slightly different to what I was used to, right? In, yeah. In so, also, because I always knew it was a mix, and I thought you were part
0: English. Obviously, you know, you came up I grew up up there.
2: Up, I'm culturally, yeah, I grew up, I mean, exactly. I have, I'm an English citizen, and I grew up in England, and, like, I have of a course. funny accent, right? But really... I'm just wherever I am. I'm not from there. Yeah. It's always been that way. Like that's why like hardcore and punk and all that stuff. Like we're all fucking outcasts, right? Exactly. Day, like everyone who's into the scene, no matter where you come from, you could be from like the poorest family, the richest, family, it doesn't matter. You just, there's just something off about you. Right. Yeah. Like, you And, don't- and but but what I loved was this was
0: a thing where you, when you always heard we're England and that, and you know, obviously all of us, you know, we came up with in the scene, a big part, we were all skins, you know, same thing with us, we were hardcore skins, you were either hardcore skin, uh, hardcore punk rocker, you know how it was, or whatever it was, just a hardcore kid or whatever, and then they were like, oh, if you know how it was, especially in New York, if you were anything skin, London, okay, that's what we looked at as Mecca,
2: you know what I mean? And because that's where the star came from, and it's just just ironic though, though, if you really, I mean, look, I I grew up in England, and I love the place, and like, I still think of England as home, but the, the reality was, Punk rock is American, like of punk course. rock came Hell from America, yeah. right? Like facts, you know. I don't care what that. that did you see that? Um, I think it was on Showtime. They had uh, Marky Ramon and yeah. I and saw that jo- and Johnny Rotten arguing and stuff, right? But yeah. Like, look, punk rock is American. Rock and roll is American, right? Yeah. Without rock and roll, there is no punk rock.
0: Of course.
2: And uh, so it was, you know. We had that influence, and coming from England, like I grew up, like to me. The, the year I really grew up was 1979. Mm-hmm. But I, that was a year like all my favorite records came out, the specials album, London Calling by The Clash came out like the, the end of that year, December yeah. of, of 79 in, in the UK. Um what was it what was the jam album the second sons must have come out no one more cons and you were still over there right you were in, in yeah London. i moved here in 1984 like right at the end of 84 all right and, and then i moved to the lower east side like i i basically left home yeah my whole family moved here and i i'd sort of like like all of us like i just wasn't cut out for family life you know yeah. at that time
0: for sure and,
2: and coming from england which you know you think like oh england had like this this incredible youth cult scenes and we had like punk rockers and skinheads and, yeah. and new romantics and mods and rockers and like it was really diverse at the same time like england's an incredibly repressed place and like coming to america even though like punk rock was smaller per capita and as a percentage of people that were into these alternative lifestyles like america was way smaller but the fact is that you almost that that gave you anonymity and you could seeping through the cracks, you know, and like New York, moving to New York when I was like 16, you know, was like something else, man. Back in the 80s. I mean, I don't, you know, of course I grew, yeah. grew up in the city. It was something yeah. it was just a different world.
0: Yeah. You know? And and then so so
2: but you so you caught the whole punk rock and that whole thing in, in, in England then right? So I really it was 1978, 77, 78 when like punk rock swept through my school my school, right? And everybody mm-hmm. was buying records. And I remember this so distinctly it was like the next year, like 1979, and we're all coming in and the teacher goes, so who's still into punk rock? And it's like, and like the whole class the year before was into punk <laughs> rock. And it, you could just tell it would people have moved on. And I was, I was the only guy that put my hand up. And yeah. like, everyone else was into like new romantics. The yeah. Thing was coming on, but it was really like, I just never left that. Now I, I was into the two-tone thing and, and the scar revival thing, but always like, that was so heavily influenced by punk right like to me like 77 was like this seismic shift yeah. when just things changed. And i've never over really now i'm going back and i listened to stuff from the 50s and the 60s but like, yeah i was almost maoist in terms of like nothing before existed right like, yeah <laughs> like the clash song 1977 no elvis no beatles no rolling stones like none of that matters it's all done like this is this, this is, is the it. only band that matters. and that's when history started it was in 77 and i wouldn't even listen to music you know from from like other eras now no. you go back and you're like oh yeah chuck berry was like more punk than punk you know yeah like, yeah no
0: absolutely all that you get you see you that shit was right in your face the shit you, we would like kind of not even look give a, a second to we're like yo that's the more punk wild out fuck you shit cuz they were doing it at a time when you couldn't do that yeah, you know what i mean i'm like, like i
2: mean like no no matter what no matter what you do in life, you're standing on the shoulders of giants. Like yeah. somebody fucking built things up to this level that you could stand above it, you know? like yeah. it's, And let know me know.
0: ask you, what do you think? Uh, what, what attracted you the most to this? Because part of the whole hardcore thing, especially with the skin thing, what I liked was, First of all, I was always an aggressive kid, so naturally, you know, I loved hip hop. But even with the hip hop, I loved the hard rock shit. Where we used to be like, you know, the thugged out shit. That's what we used to call hard rocks back in the day. When I was a little kid, I was a hard rock. And then when it came to hardcore, I liked what I. I was never into punk, punk. You know what I mean? When I got I when I first heard New York, obviously through my brother, rest in peace. But hardcore, and I heard Oi. To me, that was like oh, this is the hard edge of punk. This is the, and hardcore is the hard edge of that. You know, I'm like, oh. So I tended to go towards that. But uh, first of all, it was kind of more the, not just the music, which I loved, but it was kind of the whole, the, the look and the lifestyle was kind of even early on. You know what I mean? Yeah, it didn't just mean, as it,
2: much. If you think about like, like a 57 Chevy being like mainstream, right? Punk rock is like the hot rod version of that. Yeah. And I think like hardcore and like oi and all that stuff that is just and even and to a degree like black metal all that that's yeah. like Mad Max version of exactly. car right like <laughs> yeah, stripped exactly. down to like just nuts and bolts and just it's just true. about speed and adrenaline and like energy and you yeah. know yeah it's true I mean what I look oi it's pretty hard to listen to oi for I mean how old am I now I'm fifty three right yeah. like I love the business and I love some of those early mm. bands but like it's such simple music, right? That it's, it's hard to like, it, it, it's almost like it, it had its time and place. It doesn't seem sustainable in the way that hardcore is like, so hardcore is such a diverse art form, right? It's yeah, like, it's not pigeonholed. Totally. And it's like, it's, it's just got a, it's got a, a melodic aspect to it. Um, that, I, I, I totally know what you mean. Because the, um, at the end of the day, you know, even the, the,
0: the, 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 the timeless OI, at the end of the day, doesn't compare to the just the timeless rock and roll that it sounds like you know what i mean you can always go back to chuck berry you know chuck yeah. berry let me tell you a lot of bands own chuck berry a lot a lot a lot oh, a so lot of no money doubt. like a lot of everything but if and it's you know especially in our world you know what i mean yeah and uh, it's so
2: funny if you think about like the influence of america it's it's almost an unseen force in british subculture like I love all the mod stuff, you know, I'm dressing like being a rude boy and all that stuff. Like all of that, all that clothing really comes from American preppy, like college, then filtered through Jamaica and then came to the UK. Right. And then kind of gets regurgitated back. It's like this this weird loop, right, that we have.
0: But- yeah, yeah.
2: What's that shit called? That, that
0: sex thing where people vomit on each other, sloshing? Yeah, it's kind of a sloshing thing or whatever. Or is that like shitting on each other? I don't know. That's these kids today.
2: I, I don't know. These kids today. Yeah, that's that's some TikTok <laughs> shit right there. Yeah, right? exactly. Everybody. But no, and then, um,
0: now let me ask you this, because me, you know, I was, as a hardcore kid, I came up, I always say to this day, I was like, you know, I'm a skin. I was a hardcore skin. You know, that was me. You know, I was never an oi boy. I loved oi, but even then, when I, as a kid, at that time in 88, I came up later, there was, like, the oi boys that were just fucking with the oi and really traditional style. And then, you know, you had, you know how it was, that the hardcore skins that we were borderline. You know, whatever.
2: Yeah, and to me, like, that was the more authentic version of what the other kids wanted to be. Like, yeah, Fred. I love Fred. Listen, I got more Fred Perry's than anyone I know. Like yeah. I have Fred Perry's and Benji. I've been wearing that stuff since I was a teenager, right? Like young kid. But the reality is that, like, the way that, especially if you look at the way like Warzone dressed, right, yeah. and like, yeah. right, know. that whole look was about being working class in New York City. Let me tell yeah. you something. It gets a lot colder in New York than it does in England, so the hoodie <laughs> sweatshirt, like that was indispensable, right? yeah, it makes sense, yeah those yeah. gloves, the working gloves, and everything like you needed gloves in you know England back then, it didn't get that cold, like yeah. you know you nah, I know what you mean it's true it's year. true it, it, it definitely matched it makes more sense. I never looked at it that and way, what, but it's what's true. more authentic, what's more authentic? buying a pair of actual combat boots. You know for like twenty dollars or like buying imported doc Martens. yeah right? yeah no for I sure I mean if you were like some of the some of the heads you go out and just steal them right but that, you we know don't
0: talk about, we you don't know. talk about that too much
2: <laughs> you know there were certain ways we would earn these things when financially we weren't there to get these designer books. but yeah you it, know, you know it it's is. like yeah,
0: yeah for sure
2: New York now I mean you, you know I, I live I'm looking literally looking out onto the east village in the lower east side I live you know and like People think like new york is rough and like new york is still an urban environment and you know things yeah things course. can get dicey but like the level of criminality that was just everywhere back then in the- that and was especially in this neighborhood like you know you see Max. those people come in from like new jersey like brand new doc martens like you know bumbling down st mark's and it's yes. like you'd see him walking back without shoes on <laughs> like an hour later right like it was oh, just yeah. it was it got a lot rough. of barefoot
0: a lot of barefooted people back then going home for the, sure the
2: um and then they had like, right. Alphabet say it was like, A was adventurous. <laughs> B was brave. Yeah. C was courageous. Just, yeah. D is dead. Yeah. Right? dead the yeah. further you get down the alphabet, like <laughs> the more in, in peril you are, right?
0: And it was, it was fucking, you remember. And I remember, I you know, I'm glad I caught that. You know, I really am because I'm glad to be like, um, you know, just, Man, I lived through that and I really saw what the fucking shit was, you know, like, it's, you know, it's
2: it's one of those things that you're glad you live through it, but you'd never want your kids. to live Exactly. Through it, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, you can't look, you can't change. And look, your kids are going to face your kids live through a, a pandemic, for God's sake. That yeah. is like, I mean, that's for, the, the reality is that people are going to be talking about the covid thing. Yeah, CD, CDC warning popping up on your screen right now, right? Instagram. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, they're gonna be talking about that in a hundred years. Like no one's gonna really care about the Tompkins Square riots. Past, yeah. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. But which like, was
0: fucking a big deal. You remember all that shit?
2: That I remember that because I was working at the time. Save the Robots on Avenue B, yeah. right? Which was the uh, basically a, uh, an illegal after And That night changed everything. Like that is when gentrification went into high gear. Or it was yep. a different, it was a different form of gentrification.
1: Yeah, right? for sure. They
2: were building the... That red square had gone up on Houston, that building with, like... It was the most ironic thing. I had a picture of... I had a statue of Lenin. Yeah, Lenin yeah. yeah, on right? top. Yeah. And it was, like, <laughs> the most expensive neighborhood of uh, residences. It was all, like, you know, it's a co-op, basically. I love so. America, but America <laughs> right. is they, they, fucking...
0: Never- Got an awful sense of humor. It
2: just it just has no it has no sense of of irony. I think you <laughs> know and mean. like th- these people just they whatever. They a different time. But
0: all right, now you go you go from England. You come over here.
2: You're already on that punk rock shit. You know the, yeah, whatever, so the I, whole I, thing. Not, not only that, but I was already a fan of American hardcore. Oh, you I already fa- were. Yeah, because I had like I had Let them eat Jelly Beans. I had I'd read like a couple of the Maximum Rock and Rolls. Uh-huh. Um, I had like a Rodney on the Rocks compilation. What I'm trying I had a DOA album, I had a Dead Kennedy's record. Oh, so you
0: had some shit already. Yeah, because look,
2: head. in by 1983, 84, like record shops in London, like HMB records, you know, this is still vinyl. You could go in there and flip this up, but like the Virgin Mega Store on Tottenham Court Road was like they had a new American hardcore section. Wow, oh, that's great! So I had like the Farts single, like kind of yeah, weird, yeah, like yeah. you know. I think Alternative Tentacles had a pressing plant in the UK. They were they sold a lot of records. Like when the Dead Kennedys came to the UK, like they sold out big places, you know. Yeah. And Black Flag toured there. Like, I remember that. Like, it was when Henry got really long hair, and they were getting booed off like every stage. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's like. The irony is, and I'm not, not the biggest Black Flag fan, but, like, fucking hell, could there be a harder band? Like, there was nobody in, in London playing music like that, you know? Yeah. Like, you had to go I, to, like, Stoke-on-Trent and Discharge to, to hear yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Shout-out
0: to Discharge. And you know what? I love I love England. I always... You know, something about, I don't know, being a New Yorker, since, obviously, the roots are there, being in New York and there. There's something about... I love all of England. There's a connection but that London and the New York, I swear we, we spent this was the first year we don't spend December Christmas time playing the UK. And it was one of the biggest bum outs I've had in years where, you know, I'm like, oh, oh I've been there for the last 20 years. I, mean, I swear not being able to be there because if I'm not in New York, th- there's no better place than New York City for Christmas time. Right next to it is London because it's the same shit. But even nicer in a way, like a little bit more swift when I couldn't when I was taken from that, that bothered me the most because I I love that feel that vibe that you know the weather it's
2: a little wet it's how christmas time should feel what exactly you need weather like i mean i've never been to florida in, in yeah. christmas but it just doesn't seem like yeah it ain't the same it ain't the, same. Like, you know? it ain't the like- same
0: i want to be a little wet i want to, i want to go to a pub i want to eat pub food you know i want to i want jackets hanging i want people walking and i want the entrance of the way to be a little wet you know what i mean i love that during that time i'm like you know and people you know the the little uh they have it a lot in germany those uh like christmas markets mm-hmm. you know and the squares man and you know what was a big fantasy for us back in the day mad boy was you know obviously we go to london the first time okay skins where we're we gonna go um take us to the Doc Martin store. What was the fucking, um, um, the last resort or whatever? Exactly, the which was long gone by then, right? Yeah, but, exactly. Um, oh, yeah, but whatever, we went to whatever Doc Martin like store. Like, Carnaby Street and, uh, yeah, and, and, pick, and the yeah, Merc it, and all that stuff. The 101, we walking in there, we want to, you know, uh, fucking Everlast shit, uh, Doc Martin shit, just to even go and buy laces. We couldn't afford this shit even there. We're, like, buying laces just to say we bought them there, you know, and shit like that, but, uh, it was fucking great. But then you come to New York how,
2: what's the hookup? Who, who you hook up with first? Because I know you, you know, obviously you got a lot so, of history
0: with like AF and everybody. So look,
2: the, the thing is, and the thing about New York hardcore is that like as bad of a reputation as it has. And that's only because you fuck with us, right? Like, yeah. because the reality is if you come in humble and if you come in like, mate, I couldn't have been more accepted. You know, it was like, it was unbelievable. Like, so the first show I ever saw was the CBG's matinee. I still remember, like, getting the Village Voice right and looking at that black,
0: yes, that How long rectangle,
2: that? And, and the Sunday matinee. Every your box, eye, right? our
0: eyes were trained for that already. Yeah, it man, went
2: down but... to that two thirds down because you didn't yeah. give a fuck about all the art crap. And yep. it's like you know. And then that said, we probably missed some Blondie. Days. Yeah, we missed <laughs> you know, all the like, great shit. Yeah, we missed talking talking everything heads, we want to see like, now. Everything we should, fucking wished we would like cross it out, cut it out. So uh, so when it was like it was, and all due respect to the bands I'm about to mention, but it wasn't the greatest first show to see. But it was like Creep Cough, <laughs> Yellow Scab, oh. Blood Clot without Blood Clot. Blood cl- <laughs> there you go, the Bloodless Clot, and a band called Expletive Deleted. Oh, wow! And where was it at? CBGB's, my CB. first night there, yeah. Oh yeah, Fredi Boss, yeah. And yeah. I met Bags that day, so Bags Ooh, one of the first. in peace,
0: Bags. Wow, and that's an introduction. If everybody don't know, who Bags is Bags is like um, who we would put him in well, Greek he was, mythology. He was he's a bad well, motherfucker.
2: I, he's best known for biting Hilly's son's thumb off. But, yeah, you know, there's that's a that's lot he, more. There's a lot more to him than that, right? I mean, he was, it was like, a bad. You know what? I shout out to Bags. You know one thing? I I, I felt
0: real quick because you brought up Bags. One of the last times I saw him, you know, I was a young gun or whatever, but he gave us a lot of props, and I was like coming from him, if I liked it because he, you know, he was
2: he was one of the real School, live yeah. motherfuckers, yeah, yeah. you know, from and that totally, era, totally, totally crazy. Um, and that job, shout out to Bags, rest in peace. Yeah, and I mean, I remember when he came. Here's a, here's a backstory that has just just randomness, like <laughs> when he got out of prison. I was I had piranhas. I had this big tank of piranhas, right? That that me and Roger used to keep piranhas together, right? And we went to the pet store to get, you know, he was like, oh, I want to see the piranhas get fed. I said, Yeah, come on, I'll go get some feeder fish. You know, in pet store they sell goldfish yeah. by the hundred count, yeah. right? And <laughs> then they had the fancy goldfish. Uh, with the big bubbly eyes it yeah. costs like three or four bucks each as opposed to 300 for three bucks yeah so he's like let's get feed him one of those and i go okay let's do it right so i'm like line it up and the guy's like asking bags about oh so what kind of tank do you have And he's like i don't know i was like it's a 55 gallon you know playing it off like we're gonna keep this fish alive and then after a couple more questions black bags just blurts out like no, no, it's for food, and the guy is like <laughs> shocked. He's like, you, you can't sell, I'm not selling. He refused to sell us the fish, and we were like, What yeah. difference does it make? Yeah, like, right, I'm the, you know. I mean, the like, you, you're taking here. a life one goldfish life is the same as the other goldfish life, you know.
0: The, yeah,
2: anyway, but Bags was just like no filter, like, it was just like the almost honest guy. Like, he just wouldn't, you know, it was just he was, and he was one of your first introductions was Bags, huh? Yeah, and John Joseph was there. Like, John, so, Blockhart didn't have John Joseph, but John came and sang a song with them. Uh-huh. And it was, like, not a big matinee. I mean, there was maybe, a, uh, I don't know, 100 people there, you know, yeah. but, like, the next week was Murphy's Law. And that was, like, that was just, like, meeting people, like, you get hooked immediately, right? It's, like... Murphy's
0: Law is the, that's
2: the that, That's the heroine. Coming heroine. in, like... heroin, so- crack together. It was it was it was so long ago that Jimmy had a full head of hair. Amazing, I remember. I remember that coming gym. in. He was wearing that destroyed cheesecloth, <laughs> like that old school punk rock thing. Like I, the, no, that I, eventually I got pictures. like that thing got <laughs> that got shrunk down. Like they they washed it and dried it by accident, and it got shrunk down to like a midget thing. Like yeah. <laughs> Maybe the late great Steve Post could have fit into. I it, swear, right I was then. just thinking, pause shout <laughs> out to
0: pause. I love you, pause I'm glad you said. That. I swear to God, uh, you, right you, now I was thinking in my gonna, head, you know I we so Of like, course.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's so many, like so many people along the way, like you yeah. know, as you get to be this age, like, and you know, definitely going through the scene, like you, we've lost a lot of people. I mean, speaking of Murphy's Law, to violence, to you know, yeah. drugs and now we're getting to the point where Mm -hmm. we're losing them to the just the ravages of age yeah the fact is like we're not look any of us who grew up in the scene we're in like mid to late mid mid to late 40s to like mid to late 60s like that's not really technically old but when you think about the lives we've lived and the things we've seen like it takes a a lot of toll on you physically and everything else and like for sure you and I have both gone through like major like COVID it was fucked up and we lost we lost people from the scene, you know. I lost I've lost yeah. people I knew, and and, and in, in my new life in the industry, we've lost a lot yep. of people and it 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 had a had a ravaging effect on on restaurants, on touring bands, on nightclubs, oh, like yeah. everything we love, right? At the same time, like New York is coming out stronger, more viable, and a place where young people can actually afford to go out and do something. Because yeah. New York was just It was just a bastion for the rich and the famous, right? It was getting so expensive. The only restaurants that were opening were like rich people tasting menus. Yeah, for sure. It
0: definitely changed, you know. It it
2: kind of reset everything, you know? And it's like, there was that level of criminality that I talked about in New York. Like definitely during the pandemic, after the the, uh, uh, demonstrations in the summer and the Black Lives Matter movement, like... There was off there was like three or four days of pure just riots and people just like professional gang It was it was absolutely insane. Like yeah. going through Soho and and after that, like it was like the 80s again for a long time.
0: Yeah. You know, I, know. Was, I, it, I definitely heard people.
2: I I know it was real
0: change when like people that we know, like good real people, like close friends, were like, yo, it's different. Like then, like certain things definitely change.
2: It's like the old days. Yes, there's no good bands to see. Like you, you know where I, it, you know. Yeah,
0: like, you know what I noticed, and I noticed this for myself. I went to visit with my sons. We went downtown, and we actually stopped by, uh, um, 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 what you call it, uh, fucking um, um, Wawa Hut. Fucking all those yeah, places. Yeah, uh, seven. Uh, yeah, Niagara. Yeah, you know, we stopped by. They had the little show there, but I happened to be in town with my sons, showing them around. And you know what I fucking noticed, which was crazy. You know, obviously. As cleaned up as it had gotten, there was you always had a, a lingering homeless guy, but it was always seemed like a legit, maybe homeless or just the tap the type of uh, 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 nomads that the LES used to have. This last time I went, I saw the crackhead drug dealer bums like not even like drug dealer like in a Ferrari like bum crackhead dealers running the park like it was just
2: the shit on top of the shit. And that corner, right on the the chess tables, yes, uh, A a and seventh, they literally just closed that down, closed it off because that was a. like mad max it was like a drug dealing encampment like exactly it was unbelievable it was just like in fact i would say it was more out of control than the 80s because back then it was just it was like all the drugs happened having down right b and c and yes this was it was it was nick it's funny you say that
0: because i did this with my sons because i said i want my sons to get a flavor this and and obviously oh they so yeah right we sat on those benches the benches right here along the side, right? The benches are here and the tables are here. And we just watch, you know, they had, I got them an egg cream, you know, for right right? there. Of course we sat in the park and watched the bombs and the crackheads. And I was like, watch, look. And they're like, yo, what they're doing? Look at we're watching drug deals, but it was like how it was when we were kids when for
2: a long time, it wasn't that. And now it's that again, which. Well, like we were talking earlier about the Tompkins square riots. That was the point where. Tompkins changed. They they had the curfew. Yeah. The neighborhood became gentrified, like, on an accelerated level. It was like, you know, it was the advanced phase. It was corporate gentrification, right? Yeah. And you see...
0: All right, now, look at... So, all right, you you get in, you know, you come to New York, you get into the music thing, you do the music thing. When you got out of music, was it like... Because I know how it is for a lot of people. Sometimes it's just... What you do within that age bracket, you know, oh, maybe being a band and then obviously you move on or whatever. Did you always have, obviously, you, you, you know, you had that thing where you, you needed to be creative and you like creating content and stuff, which you went on to do. But was music always your thing or just being or just wanting to do something creative was I your think objective? The,
2: even more on an even more profound level than being creative, it was about doing something contrary. I've always just been like my friend the other day was, we were talking about stuff and I was just like, you know, I don't care what kind of government you have. I'm against it. Like (laughs) I'm an anarchist, not in the sort of, in the anarcho communal sense of like crass, right? Like, like that whole, which, and to me, honestly, like, so getting, you know, I'll weave what I'm about to talk about into like my story by 86. We had this house on Rivington, 125 Rivington Street, and it was the craziest house. It was people from Nausea, my band. We had Armon live there, Mark from Death Before Dishonor, and Super Touch, Ray Capo lived there. Tommy, Carol, and Alexa lived there. So we had like four or five of like, you know, of the new bands that were we were all in the comp together, the, the Revelation comp. And It was just, you know, like, it didn't, it wasn't about, like, whatever political stances we stood for, whatever we were into, that that was, that was meaningless once you came outside of our border, right? It was, like, in the same way that American diplomats, like, politics ends at the border's edge, well, that might not be the same anymore, but that was always the, that was always the operator's mandi of, like, American foreign policy. That's how it was in hardcore, like, it didn't matter. We protected everyone, like, we would have these standoffs with the guardian angels like it, oh, yeah. it, it didn't matter if you were a straight straight-ish kid or a scar kid or whatever it was like you know we had your sure. back and you had ours like the scene was like that you know and it didn't you know i've always been like against conformity i've always been against the status quo and it's just that's just how i am i, I can't help it you know
0: yeah and and and,
2: and, and especially
0: our world and especially then I tell people, I go. Um, the scene was, um, we 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 all fell to the bottom of that fucking of, of that fucking uh that cesspool. This is where the all the the degenerates ended up. All of us, all the broken toys, all the people that had nowhere to go. I tell people back then, if it was you know um the 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 homeless kid, um the drug addict kid. Um, the nerd who didn't fit in, the gay kid, the whatever it was. We had nowhere to go if it was, uh, you know, a, a, a left-wing guy, a right-wing guy. We all fell in that little drain area. Then we, we lived there, but then we learned, oh, you know, maybe I'll stay on this side of the drain. I'll stay on this side of the drain. But we all ended up in the same place. That's what I said. I go, we had nowhere to go because we were all looked at the same way. Yeah. We were looked and- at the artist, the the if you were a skinhead, you were looked at the same way as a fucking uh, a, a transvestite. Oh, whatever oh, no, the word is all, nowadays. We're all, we're uh, transgender, freaks.
2: whatever. But you know yeah. what I mean? We were all freaks. All right. freaks and and all, all outcasts, right? Yes. It's almost like society had like, you know, that you see those things where you fit the shapes, like those IQ tests that they give kids. Like, yeah there's a square and a triangle and a star. And like, you know, most people fit into one of those things. Like we were just a bunch of weird shapes that didn't (laughs) fit into any of those holes. So where they put them in this weird box and that box was like, yeah that was like the East village or it was the alternative. Exactly. Like, you know, so we lived down on Rivington street in this house with uh, it was like the whole floor. But we all had a little rooms, you know, and like all our different posters. It was just. How great is that, though? If you think about it, it was like a dorm. For it was like a fraternity. Yeah. Fraternity fraternity with, with no, no college. Right? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> no degree. So a degree a speech lot speech. of us worked at Save the Robots, which was it was an illegal after hours club that operated Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. It opened at like two in the morning and closed at eight. Yeah and lines was,
0: down the block people yeah. I, I spent many hours there but so you, just so you people know it's it was illegal but there was lines it I was, was like, totally
2: illegal we had a um hold on what year is this yeah the statute of limitations is long run out we can talk uh, about this yeah we had a buzzer system and at each bar there was a bell and the door guy had a had a buzzer and there was you know there was switches everywhere and there was only ever in the room two Shreps bottles filled with vodka so never more than two liters of vodka in the place and a lot of people remember there was sand on the floor in the top in the thing and the reason was that we would if when that bell went off you'd unscrew the thing and pour it into the sand oh right like- and we had runners and uh shout out to nick lord who was yeah. uh who, who was fulfilling that role we, we would keep it in a recording studio next door or in a in the a best. car so there would be these cases of vodka, right? And Amazing. the runner would come back. Would, there would always be vodka ready, ready right? <laughs> and it was, I don't know, we could probably fit four or 500 people in the place, you know, yep. like DJs on the on the ground floor. And then the top floor was more of a bar with the sand and everything. And it was like, literally every touring band, every celebrity would come yes. through there, you know? Oh, it didn't yeah. matter. It was it like, was great. every scene would coalesce around that because it was like the only place to go unless you wanted to go to like, meatpacking district but that was another kind of scene altogether right yeah this was a general scene for music and like just yeah just
0: the bar to go after yeah you know that's what it was it
2: was yeah it was so that was like you know it was and back then there was a, remember the gas station across the street yeah. it's now a giant condo building but it yeah, was like the this gas, crazy of infrastructure of like welded like And Mad later Max on and, Godzilla remember Godzilla Yeah, Those exactly. Are yeah.
0: <laughs> these are the after hour they should be books on these places i will oh, them right Oh i mean right. it's,
2: look it's coming you know it's it's um it's really the but that said it's really the last generation where like everything isn't documented to hell yeah right and it's almost like that you, there's not that many pictures of that anymore. There's not many pictures. I had pictures of me inside robots, but, like, there's no Yelp back then. You yeah. can't look up. What, like, there's restaurants that are closed 15 years ago. You can go on Yelp and be like, oh, that's what it looked like. Like, you don't know, there's places that that doesn't exist anymore.
0: Yeah, you know? no, no, for sure. And the, the, that was an era people don't understand. Even, like, early days with the band, with Madball, like, we got, like, one or two pictures. I'm like, yo, there was disposables. And that's if you had one or you knew the one person with the go- real camera
2: think about your first festivals out and you're playing in front of hundred thousand people then there's like I know yeah, there's you better two of pictures promo. yeah it's right there's like two
0: pictures now that would be like I played some of my biggest shows that then maybe they're documented on an official tape somewhere but back then unless it came out on like the news we, we wouldn't we wouldn't see it like yeah. there's a it's funny there's a picture of me I always post it, it's like me standing in front of an MQ throw up I'm I'm 10 years old. I remember taking that picture, MQ taking it, because he was like, Yo, I got three pictures left. What should we take? Like, it was a big deal. Yeah. And then we gotta we gotta pay to get it developed. Oh, we gotta wait, you know, this and that. And we're like, yo, okay. And I remember I saying, Yo, let me do the run DMC. But I remember it was like a big deal to just get one picture saved, you know, like it was like documenting.
2: Yeah. So my ex-wife. Who lived in that house with us mo brown uh-huh. was one of the big scene photographers she when we were going out initially she was at sva for photography oh, we okay. had a dark room she took some of the seminal pictures of new york hardcore like pictures of Freddie madball's first show i mean it wasn't technically madball but it was madball yeah it was at streets and Neuroshell? it was madball that, yeah. ydl agnostic front
0: oh, and real.
2: It was like Freddie was, I don't know, fifteen. Like I used, to, not even. He was. He must have been yeah, like young. thirteen. Yeah, yeah, twelve or thirteen. I used well, to babysit him in the yeah. back back in those days. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, if I like, seen some
0: of those pictures with you and him. As a matter of fact, not too yeah, long it was, one man.
2: Like. He was always like. There was just something always about like he was just always a step ahead of not just his generation, like fucking everyone around him. You know, yeah. it was like. He's an old yeah. soul. That's why ever, ever
0: since he was young, he was like that. I guess being around older, you know, people, he was always like yeah, that. I mean, thing. Look,
2: the whole, yeah, exactly. The whole life. And then having Roger in that life and everything. Shout out to the, our brother. who I think I was he's just, today I just yes. got the new, right? Like he, yes. Yeah. Yes. I just saw. I'm glad you said that.
0: Big shout out to we love you, Roger. That I just saw too that he got out of the hospital. So I'm glad
2: I know. I was like. But that, you know, that's going back to like, you know, it, it's like and, you know, life on the road is. It's yeah. rough man it's like yeah no for sure how-
0: no we're getting at that age you know we talk about it that's what i'm saying you know i see you riding and the same thing when we know what i did during this pandemic shit and you know um, um losing family members you know you start and we're getting at that age bracket exactly where we're losing people we're losing people to partying we're losing people to, like you said to age you know there's even people way younger that are dying that are you know, from ailments or just whatever yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it either opens your eyes Or you keep pushing it away You know, I did that for
2: many years I mean, you uh, think you- about, like, how much worse Modern Modern life is in terms of, like The shit that we, the, sh- the pollution Around us, the yeah. shit they put in foods uh, The exactly. type of foods they're selling, like even back in the old days, like how big was it how big was a was a Big Mac meal in a, in back in the eighties? It was like a fries. I mean, it was like this big. Yeah. There was no gallons of everything. exactly you know? It's like the like the shit out there. And look, yeah, It's and over the, the top. Look around me. Obviously, I love food, right? Yeah. But the kind of food I like is like a quality. Food. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like and, real and, food. And you know what the problem is with that? It's it's the curse. It's what I love about America, and it's the curse of America. Go big or go home. I love that about America, that, that we got those balls, and that's why we are great, because we learn when we love something, we get the best from wherever. Bring it to us. Let's learn it. We're going to learn. Pick your brain. We're going to do it, and we're going to do it bigger and badder. But unfortunately, we do the same with foods and with the, 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 the indulgence of the good things in life, which we know we can't do all the time.
2: Well, and I th- look. Some of this is part of the problem. Is that things, and I don't want it to sound like the old guy. You know, it was sound tougher. like the old guy. You. Can it wasn't tough. T- t- it, it 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 was tougher in our age. But the reality is that it's been every preceding generation had it tougher than the the subsequent generation. That's just a reality. Because no matter how fucked up things are right now, our our freedoms, our opportunities now are, are greater than ever. Right and and the, what's great about america is that it is more than any other place on earth there's the opportunity for redemption right yeah. and that's you can always cut you could oh america loves to come back because america is always coming back you yeah. know yeah and like we're gonna make it out of the pandemic and let's look yeah. let's hope that look we were getting fat and lazy and i mean that like physically you and i were fat and lazy and then Culturally, America was fat and lazy. And you know, maybe that's like you know, maybe that the pandemic is like will reset things a bit. Like, look, the stuff that we love, culture, like music, fashion, hip hop, yeah. graffiti, all of that street stuff. And then you take it even back to like the cinema from like the 70s and like, you know, like those great American films, not like the bullshit stuff they have now, like you know, Hollywood like yeah. blockbuster stuff, like you know, the French connection and Steve McQueen films and like that all came out of economic turmoil. It came out of cultural turmoil. When you're soft and fat, you get the nineties and all due respect to these people that have made millions of dollars from, from make, making pop punk records. But like pop-punk to me, like that whole, what happened with punk rock when it sort of broke out into the mainstream in the nineties, like that, you know, that to me is like, you've then changed that Mad Max vehicle back into like a fairground toy and it's going around a Ferris wheel now. You know, it's like totally like you've you've taken the soul out of what, you know, about the whole thing was like, you can still be contrary to the system and get through it. Like, and look, this is what I love about Mad Ball and Agnostic Front. Like you guys have made this your life and your career. You've never sold out. You know, there was very few bands that you can say that about. I mean like forget the fucking Punk bands the only the only punk bands That I really think never sold out was Crass and they've tried but (laughs) But
0: you know like yeah you know our bloodline Comes from AF and you Know coming from them you know how that is Is we know in all the way you Know I I say it all The time and when I say it I don't mean just Mabble but I say it go yo, we carry New York hardcore on our backs and I don't mean That just Mabble does but I mean We wear that shit everywhere we go And we always will Because, you know, that's how we show love to Roger and Vinny and all the old guys and all the the OGs that how it's a worldwide thing now because of these dudes, you know, and and we're the dudes that have, you know, that fly that for better or for worse, you know, because as hard as it it may sound for some people, yeah, yeah, yeah. It also hurt us in a lot of ways because people that those letters sometimes aren't the most acceptable letters
2: you get it, it, like there's there's no doubt that like if you guys had just dropped a lot of like the letters right and dropped the whole skinhead thing and like yeah, yeah of course there, there's no reason why you wouldn't have been on MTV and doing all that shit but yeah what that, w- you know like how would you feel now exa- exactly you know, exactly like. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, you still have to, at the end of the day, you still have to live with yourself, and you still have to uphold the legacy of what you believe in, right? And like...
0: Absolutely. You know what? Even more, having children, I know it more than now than ever. I have some old people that I grew up with that ended up basically doing rat shit. And whatever you want to call it, and whatever, just being rats and being fake. But these were people that used to talk all this loyalty and honor shit. These same people I cut off many, 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 many years ago for not being honorable, because I've always walked the same walk I've walked now. These same people now get in touch with me 30 years later. Because I cut them off for being rats and whatever. And now they got children and now they're telling their children be honorable, be this, be that. And they can't even look at themselves in the face and their children in the face without turning because they know they are fucking, they got that rap blood in them. And now they call me to try to, you know, f- f- fix, um, make ends meet on. So, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm in a good, the best place in my life I've ever been mentally. And I, I'm not harping on old shit, but I'm like, I teach what I teach my son. They see me walk it. They see, you know, from, all the backlash we got from playing shows when people were shook to play shows my son said what you know why you do this pop and i was able to show him i go this is what we talk about and this is what your father's about this is what they're talking about that i've never been more proud of ever in my life and that was because growing up with how we grew up with you know manning up and again i'm saying man up for me i'm a man you know, manning up and, and sticking to my words, sticking to, you know, my family, all my beliefs, and never folding. That's how we were made. We learned that from the AF records. We learned that from all these old records, from all these old, you know, how our, our scene came up. It was a lot of honor back then, because...
2: Yeah, and I think, w- and what you're tapping into is, like, there's a lot of revivalists out there now, right? There's a lot of yeah. people that are our age, and they're like, oh, I you know, I'm having a midlife crisis. My kids are growing up now, like, oh, I want to play in the band again. Like, yeah. there's, no- there's nothing more... I don't want. There's no no band I'd rather see than AF and Madball. There's no band I'd rather see less than a band that broke up thirty years ago, <laughs> exactly, and not. got back together because they somehow they think they can make money at it now or whatever yeah. the reason is. Like that's not that to me is like you know, like yes, look so- we've lived. I from after the scene, I went to university, I went to college, and I I, I graduate and I went right back to fucking running clubs with Jimmy i I've been living then. I worked in tattoo shops and then I got were my, you always around. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, I'm still like not only am I not I lived in the same apartment for 20 years, I still live like a fucking teenager. Like I, I lived the life that I wanted to live when I was 15, right? Because now <laughs> I can go out to eat every meal. I, I live any show I want. You do live the life that I want to live sometimes because I see your
0: fucking Instagram. Feed. Feed and let all right this is where i want to get into because i got a lot of questions on this so i know you started i know i i, I actually uh wiki or whatever you quick obviously i know you long time but i i was wondering where you started at first and i said you started blogging right because i was wondering where your first thing yes. was as far as what got you started you know i thought uh, originally it was a a a, a video v- vlog i thought originally so but it was
2: i've been very lucky that i've always been at the wrong place at the wrong time now yeah <laughs> I, I was after, so i uh, getting back I, after after the 80s i after the the club shut down i went to university because basically i I graduated high school when I was like twenty. I went back and did like yeah. remedial stuff, and I eventually got my shit together because I dropped out. I didn't, you know, I was living on the street as a teenager, making bank, right? Making, working after hours club, getting paid in cash. You know, we we lived a pretty interesting yeah. life back then. <laughs> and remind me to tell you about Frenchie and the hamburger because that gets back into my whole food. <laughs> out robbery. of the Frenchie too. Yeah. God, God bless him. Yeah. Um, after that I graduated from university and almost like within like a week of get, of graduating, I got a call from Jimmy G. He's like, yo, we got a, we got a, uh, a club to run. I was like, all right, I'm down. So Coney Island high opened in February of 95 and me and him ran security out of that place. And that was, that was kind of what CBs was in the eighties in terms of sustain. CBs was obviously still open back then, but it didn't have the the gravity. We were open seven days a week. We were, it was all hardcore and punk yes. rock kids running it, yeah. right? And you could go in there. It didn't matter what, what town you were from. You could go in there and find somebody, you know, you could find Always. music and a drink, right? Like- every night of the week and like obviously you must have played yeah some, your, some of your you, earliest shows would
0: have some there. of our greatest shows were yeah. there Guadis and those that backstage some of our craziest time let me you would walk in let me be in the back you know it was one but of those places
2: it was let me fucking live there yeah it he was, lived there uh, remember
0: by the machines always they,
2: like yeah, Because we didn't have gambling machines, but he was into the pinball machine. Yeah, like, the he, man, he, he yeah, the machine. He'd be playing the one on Bandit, he'd be playing yeah. the pinball. He would be, I the remember bag. one time, like he was playing, and uh, you know, well, all right, man, how you going? He's like, uh, because you want to hear the secret about sheep. I go, <sighs> okay, he goes, if you push him to the edge of a cliff, they push back, but he would spend a long time there, yeah. Obviously, and
0: I remember uh, him, you know, being there just randomly, he could never
2: get him to play. Because yeah. and this is so great, he was like, he would look at the he would look at the PA, a like, we can't make it loud enough in here.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Literally of the that, only yeah.
2: reason he couldn't get his PA in there and ours was too wimpy. <laughs> yeah. And that was a loud PA. That no, thing it sounded good, you know. Right, he, like, he just was like, this is my hangar.
0: I ain't trying to do shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it was you know, yeah, another another great soul, right? Like wh- one of the legends.
0: And fucking um, you do the club, but
2: where? you start how the, the writing starts the blogging for the food that came 10 years after that like I was running a tattoo shop with my ex-girlfriend at the time and you know doing pretty well and started going out to eat a lot at this restaurant called Smith & Walensky where which is kind of so Smith & Walensky was the place back in the 80s like when my dad was in town we'd go there You know, so I'd eat that like once or twice a year, like on a birthday or when I graduate and I go to Smith & Yeah, That was always my favorite restaurant back then. And not only was it my favorite restaurant, but like literally my favorite thing to eat is the prime rib at Smith & Walensky, right? Mm -hmm. So prime rib is a roast. It's a rib roast for the English people out there.
0: And by the way, it used to be, me and Freddie were talking about it recently because we were in Vegas. That used to be V cut to get in the 80s, like, you went to a steakhouse, was the prime rib at a casino, the prime yes, rib. of course. The prime rib. Yeah. God forbid and anything else,
2: it was the prime rib. It was always the prime rib. And at yeah. weddings, it's, like, the prime rib. Yeah, Even though yeah, most that- wedding prime rib is absolutely terrible. Yeah. You I mean, wouldn't <laughs> yeah. convince anyone that it's worth eating. But so I, that place, like, became, like, my mecca. And, like, anytime time I got money, and then by the, by the 90s, we were making pretty good money, you know, running the clubs and stuff. Like, I would go there almost every Sunday. Like, yeah. So i have the same meal. Now in England, a big tradition, as I'm sure you know, is a Sunday roast. Roast. And every Sunday you'll have like a big joint of roast beef with Yorkshire pudding and mashed potatoes and roasted potatoes and turnips and sweets and like all this stuff. And it's like, it's almost like a Thanksgiving Day feast once a week.
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
2: And so I would kind of do that. I would go up there every Sunday. Or after I got done mountain biking, I'd go there and get prime rib. And at some point I was like, God, there's got to be other steakhouses out there, right? <laughs> must, so yeah. then at the time, I, in fact, I have it back here somewhere. It's too far to get, but I have the remember the Zagat. Yeah, Zagat of course. Was, the, uh, was that the guide, which, like before Yelp and Yelp, Instagram, yeah, that, we had this little the... book. And I started going through all the top steakhouses. So, Peter Luger, Keen's, The Old Homestead, um, Mark Joseph, Ben and Jack's, um, uh, The Palm, The Palm 2. Like all of them, Sparks where that where they whack Costelato, yeah, yeah, like story, yeah. right? I mean, like literally, I, I just I went through about twenty five steakhouses, and I started taking notes, and eventually, I'm thinking like 2004, 2005. It's when blog maybe it was even late 2005. I think Blogger came out. Blogger yeah. was. Google's blogging software. Now Google was a pretty young company back then. Like everyone was still using AltaVista and Yahoo as a search engine, but I had a Gmail account back then because I had signed up at some tech conference that I randomly was at. I had Gmail like super early. And then I had access to Blogger. So I started what was, what became known as a food blog. Uh So I was kind of like, you know, it was like playing like a seven or like the peppermint lounge in like 1979 right like having this platform and having a food blog and within about a year you started seeing all these other little blogs coming together and it was like the beginning of a scene yeah, yeah and it yeah. really was very analogous to what happened with music with hardcore and suddenly you would discover a band over here or a guy over here that like the dressed a certain way right so you'd got you'd have a guy that had like a hamburger blog or you'd have a guy that was like into like chicken and waffles or yeah, whatever actually. and it was all real specific like yeah like mine pizza was, guy. mine was beef aficionado right so yeah. i was really about high-end beef like the stuff that we're going to talk about yes
0: the yeah but all yeah, that my arms exactly. keep
2: disappearing oh there's the mic there
0: it goes i see it
2: i should just do it from an action because i have a real i have one of these not that big i have a meat fridge behind me
0: know uh, oh, that's amazing
2: um so I started a food blog and then within a year I actually got contacted by serious eats, which was a, which was the first professional food blog and they offered me a job and it was like great 50 bucks a review or something, yeah. which is like, Oh yeah. I mean, if I, if you offer me that now, I'd be like, that's like, yeah, I'll give yeah. you a hundred words for 50 bucks. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. back then it was like, you're going to pay me and you're right, gonna I was me, going to give me money. Right. Like, Oh, they like, sure? So I started Doing weekly hamburger reviews And the first review I did was my, Still my favorite hamburger in New York Joe Junior Diner on Junior, 16th.
0: which I, I see you Fucking posted all, the, all time, the time And I was just looking at it earlier look, What a good looking burger,
2: man Look, the thing is If you don't love your local diner You're living in the wrong neighborhood Yeah, That's a good fucking a local diner. diner Yeah but there's, there's, there's still a lot of those in New York No no for sure
0: yeah. and, and and the burgers are good old school flame broiled diner burgers the flame broiled was big and that my this, diner saved back one, in the day
2: Yeah you see this one is flat top griddled fresh beef delivered every day Oh same guy cooks it all the time it's like Better nasty. yeah you no
0: know, yeah he know. So when
2: you go when you go to Joe Juniors and we'll link to all the stuff down here but I get, it was like the first review I still have it up
0: I see um, I need to go there for
2: just sure. just go for no plancha because what no. they do is a lot of people like it well done they want to cook in a hurry. They put yeah. that big weight on it, right? Gotcha. If you no, say no it. plancha, it comes out juicy and get it rare. Yeah,
0: of course. I've seen how you got and that. She looks like uh, like it's neat like and so big. Juicy. Yeah, not like yeah. a sloppy thing. That's another thing I learned because I like you know I don't eat as much beef as I used to. If I do, it's only going to be again good quality because you know I try to watch all my meats in general, whatever. Which it should be anyway. I think it's, and anything you eat I should I be the say, best quality. Listen
2: the older you get the more you should watch everything you do absolutely you know
0: and and, and um I'm just recently i did like i did a, that the steak for myself that was my treat my that I, that i actually hit you up about so i'm a big fan of that and um but i always what, what it was um there wasn't it was only a handful exactly now the 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 the, the steak uh, i only knew about the main steakhouses the 101s as a kid and Peter then and, and and you were like oh you're a business guy you know that's if you go there you're a business
2: guy yeah you know, we, or like or it's a once a year thing right
0: yeah 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 exactly and then it was like then as we traveled i actually spent the thanksgiving and we did it at uh, um am smith and Walensky's in in um chicago you know right, one year right on the
2: water right yeah right they're yeah, beautiful yeah, we went
0: in there was a man i had the best chocolate cake i've ever had in my life by the way was that day there but um uh, the steak. So you you know you started writing about the steak and the burger. Was it steak
2: and burgers or just beef in general you were writing it was, about? I was writing about beef in general on my blog. I got yeah. hired to start writing about hamburgers, but then very quickly I got a weekly restaurant review and uh-huh. a weekly pizza review. Got you. That was when I yeah. got fat. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you hit. I know. I hate your fucking
0: your feed sometimes because I'm like, you know. I, I'm stupid, because I lived in New York, too. And I wouldn't, I, 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 I <clears throat> what do you call it? Um, What do you call it? I I slept on that, having all those places right at the, our fingertips. You know, I knew it was there, and I would, eh, you know, whatever, whatever. And then when I moved away, you remind me of all these places. You know, even, you know, going. I go to Joe's. If I'm going to grab a slice at Joe's. But when you grab a Joe's, you grab a Dinerburg. Burger. I'm like, fuck, Jesus, yeah, you're right. Man, this spot and this spot. Real quick you have to pick uh um your best fast food chain burger fast food chain does that does that mean national or regional can it be like Nas- a small re- national like, what's what's considered small read cuz you know the, the the down low spots it got to be the smallest um, chain like like a shake shack one of those cuz they're chains but they're not as big as like a mcdonald's or whatever
2: like to me the the two the two poles are like shake shack for the modern hamburger uh-huh and then i have to go in and out for the classic american roadside hamburger uh-huh if you ask me i did a video about this actually but if you yeah. ask me which is the better better hamburger shake uh-huh. shack is a better hamburger which would i rather eat i'd rather have an in and out
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
2: and it's not you know i also live to i live like the original shake shack which plays into my whole origin story actually yeah. because I remember when Shake Shack used to be like the local band that played CDs oh, yeah, before yeah. there was stadium size. Yeah. Like, yeah, everywhere, yeah. Right? <laughs> like they used to be regional. Uh-huh. So Shake Shack started out as a, it was an art project.
0: Uh-huh. It
2: was basically the guys from 11 Madison park, the super high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. They, there was some festival going on in the park and they had a hot dog stand called Shake Shack. Oh. And they had hamburgers, hot dogs, and milkshakes. And it was like a little stand. And then they turned it into an actual restaurant, like an actual burger stand that was like seasonal. So oh. it would like, it would go from like October to May. I mean, I'm sorry, it would go from May to October. And October, they would close it down. And that was it. There was only one, and it was only open like three. Qu- I, we would go there on opening day, and we'd go there on closing day, like baseball season, yeah. you know? yeah, yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. So you'd line up, and like the tourists would line up. Eventually, Shake Shack is them. good.
0: I got one here too in Florida. There's they do up. a
2: really solid job. I mean, yeah. they you know it's really good quality products. And I'm I'm what my what I feel about Shake Shack is they giving you for eight bucks, yeah, a hamburger that should cost twelve bucks. Yeah, it is and a it quality. The quality is yeah. very good for sure. And look, I I don't eat it that often because I really I don't eat. I love hamburgers, but in the from 2007 till 2017. I've lost count of the hundreds of hamburgers I've eaten. Like, I've eaten hundreds of- I've eaten so many hundreds of hamburgers and I've lost count-
0: I know, yeah, you're right, exactly. Of the
2: hundreds, not just of the single hamburgers, you know uh, what I mean? Let me ask you this. You've had, that you've had in Florida, the Shula Burger, right? I've never had the Shula Burger. I haven't been to Florida. I don't think the Let only me, time I've been to Florida recently was I was in Tampa, and I was eat all I was eating in Tampa was so, Cubanos.
0: Yeah, so they have they it, they actually closed here. They had a location here, and it was one of the like in a in a Shake Shack kind of way. Shula Burger. Oh my god, you would I think you would love it because it reminds me of the Junior Burger you you put up, like right, like that, that like, style. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Neat, Neat and just a good quality, like from the look the the size ratio, Is as I, big as you want it as as big as you a burger should be before being too big,
2: yeah, you should be able to hold it in one hand and like a joint in the other, right yeah or, exactly or a, or a cup of coffee or exactly or something, right? exactly, um, but yeah, that to me, like the hamburger is it's like the hardcore of food, you yeah. know it is just straight ahead honest American working class like you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps like you know real uh, you know real food
0: all right now i got you now it's make it's the whopper versus the big mac i tell I mean, you my I, favorite my favorite burger in the planet if i had to pick one like hands down for whatever whatever is a big mac
2: yeah i love the big mac because to me oh and God, so and i never eat them because i think it's totally crap eat- now but oh because, yeah because Not back the then same. mcdonald's used to use fresh beef there was they used to fry and in- in beef fat when you had it in the styrofoam thing it yeah, was the so best you'd Big your, Mac. and you you open up and you put the fries in one side yes. right that i mean so i grew up in london we would drive across town from oh, south yeah. london to kensington high street <laughs> to the only mcdonald's oh yeah right like we were going out to like a restaurant and i just loved it like the Big Mac. I remember graduating from the cheeseburger to the Big Mac. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I must've turned when I turned from like, yeah, that's an eight it to up. nine. Right. They were like, okay, you're big enough to get the Big Mac. And I yeah. like, and the thing about a Big Mac is like, it is a, it is such a time piece because yeah. it's about four ounces of beef in about 50 ounces of, As bread. of Everything right? else. It's just yeah. like sauce, bread, cheese, lettuce. And then it's like, oh yeah, there's some beef there. By so the way, it's like, yeah. <laughs> by the way, there's a hint I, of a, beef. Right. And you know what I had also,
0: and I actually thought of you. I think of you a lot when I hit meat spots, certain certain spots. I always think, oh, because you're always doing the rounds. We we just hit um not too long ago the White Castle in Orlando. The hold the, on a second,
2: where am I? Hold on, I gotta, <laughs> I have to show you this. Give me a second. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Disappear for a sec. I don't know. Oh yeah, you know.
0: Disappear to the meat. Like, oh shit! Now you're there. I'm jealous. I'm How's looking. The yeah, look, you're still there. Oh, yeah, there you go. You, you Damn, those are rows of aged steaks, which I'm going to ask you soon. But this, what you, what you got White I'm, Castle sneakers? What do you got there?
2: I, I absolutely have White Castle sneakers.
0: Oh, shit. Oh, snizzy. So can,
2: I'm going to hook you up with my pal, Evan Darnell, who is a member of, he's got this club in Florida. They're in Boca called the Red Meat Lovers Club. Uh huh. And what they do is, they do events all over the country, and I participate in a lot of them. They, it's a charity event, so they'll do like Make a Wish or yeah. Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and it's all about liquor, beef, cigars, and charity. And yeah, so- being a membership has its privileges because he sent me a pair of <laughs> Puma. This is actually the first pair of Pumas I've ever owned. Like There's I am dope. an Adidas guy, yeah, through of and through for light, right? Like anyone in the in the in, from the scene, right? Yeah. Oh, the white castles.
0: Yes. With the. uh, Yeah, I see the tongue. Yeah,
2: that's the The castle. That's the And then on the back, oh, how is this going to work? I'm trying to show you. uh... uh, There we go. There you go. There you go. See, so it's the patty with the five holes. People don't realize that's the patty. The white castle. We're going to talk about White Castle inventing the modern hamburger because they did. But White Castle punches five holes into their frozen patty so they cook quicker on the griddle. Yeah. So when you're looking at that, you're like, "Oh, it's not that. It's not that small. It is that small because there's five holes punched out of it." Yeah. So then yeah. this thing has "Crave" written on the sole. That's amazing. That's this a piece is, right there. This is all bricks. Like the white felt has got bricks. That's and a hard sneaker. Yeah, it's it's very cool. That's all
0: We a, just went. We just hit that, and it was fucking good. It's good. I gotta I'm say, they, you, man. Had I, had good, one,
2: I when I got these, I rode up to Harlem to the only White Castle in Manhattan. I got uh-huh. a couple of cheeseburgers. And I was like, yeah, yeah. A damn fine cheese. It's, I mean, it's look for frozen food. It's of damn course, fine. yeah, for it's exactly fine. For what
0: they're supposed. I tell people, they're like, oh, there's. I got, We got to remember what it is. We're for you know, this is a go-to spot, twenty-four hours. You're paying a couple of bucks for it. I mean, Exactly. On, look what like, you're paying for. Exactly. Yeah, like, and, and yeah. still, you get a nice little box for everyone. Yeah, and a little. You know, you got your little cheese, your little—it's a look. You know, it's a cute little
2: look. You know, it's—it's I mean? like, so—it's so dated. I love it. Right?
0: <laughs> oh, sense, I know. You know, I know. And then you went from um, you doing burgers, and then you started doing pizzas too. Restaurant saying, right?
2: pizza. Yeah, and then- that got
0: big. That pizza shit got big. Yeah, right?
2: and it's, yeah, for sure. And then i started writing about steak which is my real love like i my favorite thing is finally steak, came right? back that's yeah, when, so- when 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 you started
0: doing that the whole um um with the videos that's why i started catching you where you started i think right so then catching after- momentum for that
2: yeah so then after that i went to uh vox media who owns eater mm-hmm. and you know i was like in terms of like the food writing world and blogging i was pretty big but like that didn't mean anything to people out there like you never would have run into my stuff yeah Then at ETA, like in 2015, the whole, it was, this is all Facebook's fault and I'm not complaining, but they, they made it so that video was prioritized in publishing and basically every major publishing company, Vox, the New York post, I mean, the New York times, Washington Post, like all of the big companies um, started doing video content because Facebook was pushing it. Yeah. So I had this, they gave me a show called the meat show on video which on youtube yeah. and for whatever reason it blew up like
0: yeah it was a good i like we,
2: we did 100 episodes We went to japan texas you know all over new york london like did 100 episodes i still get recognized like it still gets you know it got millions of views yeah and it like kind of just like put my career in a different trajectory because Instead of being a food writer Like I started doing much more Like content creation Like doing videos Yeah Doing a lot of more Like I've always been a photographer But now I'm like doing more Like in front of the camera stuff
0: Yep, yep, yep That's what I'm saying You did pictures Besides the writing you, You're a good photographer You were doing that part too Which is the same stuff that I liked I'm like um, With what, what what the meat I, I have some fucking questions About this First of all The dry age, you must have heard this a million times because I still don't understand, you know, what's the quick version of of what exactly is dry age in the meat and what is exactly I'm getting out of it. That's so sought after when if I'm a dry aged meat guy and I've had some, but I haven't had it enough to be like, oh, I taste this more than that. Oh, I, I didn't, you know, think about it when I did try it. You know what I mean? Right.
2: Or. It was just so good that there was no reason to think about it. It's exactly. Like, it's like when you hear that band, do you give a fuck? Like, of course, music people care, but like, general public, they don't care that the guy's playing a fender through a marshal. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 It yeah, doesn't, yeah, it, do, it. it ultimately doesn't matter. It's just like, is it delicious on the plate? Yeah. But like, just the way that we're like music geeks, I'm a food geek, right? And like, the process is important to me. And, and yeah. dry aging is what is going on behind me. That's a a commercial dry aging room. So the long story version of what I'm about to tell you, I've written about because it's my whole job. But right Mm -hmm. now I'm involved in a process. Like I am a brand ambassador for a company that makes home fridges for dry aging.
0: I've seen one of them. I've started to see them around too. Yeah, yeah, so I have
2: one behind me. You can't see it because I have this ridiculous backdrop. But (laughs) I have a dry age fridge over that I'm dry aging my own beef. That's great. I'm also working with this company, Dry Ager from Germany, and we'll put a link to this. And if anybody's for interested sure. in doing it, I can give you guys a, a nice 10% discount on a very expensive fridge. But for we'll sure, cha- we'll change your life when it comes to food. Um, so basically what dry aging is, is that it is a way of curing and preparing meat to be eaten. You slaughter a animal you can't actually eat that right way. I mean, if you're starving in the bush, you could force it down, but we're talking about eating for aesthetic pleasure, right? Uh We're talking about getting the best out of something, right? So everything, my whole career is based not on nutrition. It's not based on good health. It's not based on longevity. Like I do things to, so that I can actuate that outcome, but I, but my outcome is about eating the finest things in life, whether it's a White Castle cheeseburger or the most expensive dried steak or a piece of Wagyu. Yeah. Like I believe in eating aesthetically. Now there's a lot of meals that I eat that I don't consider eating. It's like granola and yogurt <laughs> and fruit, right? Like that's mainly We place. don't want to hear about that. I don't care about that. Yeah. That's that- like, you know, like uh, that's just like boring stuff, but I, I, you know, I, I, I train and I, and I diet and I fast so that I can eat the finest exactly. thing. Right. And dry-aged beef is a top of that list. So you dispatch an animal that look, think about what happens when you die, like rigor mortis sets in. So all yep. the joints stiffen and harden, right? That needs to then to relax. It takes like, like 48 to 50 hours for that to just dissipate. And then for lack of a better term decay begins. Yeah. And that's when the, the more it decays actually the more palpable unless it's rotting, but, but what, what aging beef is, is controlling the decay so that you're tenderizing the product, Mm -hmm. which gives it better flavor and makes it easy to chew. Gotcha. Dry aging beef. Now, the way that we age beef now in the modern world is that you dispatch the animal, you break it down. Those what are called primals, which are big chop, like the shoulder and the rib and the short loin, those are vacuum sealed, and they're put into a refrigerator. a couple of weeks and that's called beef aging and that's technical wet aging and what happens during that time is that the beef loses nothing because it's hermetically sealed and enzymes in the beef stop breaking down the muscle tissue making it tender
0: yeah that's what it does i know that part
2: so basically all meat is aged right in the old days before refrigeration before vacuum sealing they would hang the whole carcass right and w- when you see people hunting what do they do yeah they bring that deer and they hang it up get, right if you hunt game birds pheasants you hang those and birds hang for a few them days up. right that is basically allowing it to stop breaking down and to start tenderizing then you break that down and you if you vacuum seal it and freeze it like that will you know eventually like that's also breaking down the muscle and making it more tender and soft a lot of american beef production is towards making beef that's so tender that you don't have to cook it in a way to further break it down like a braise or a stew or barbecue and smoking these long, like so long smoking, and long cooking techniques are good for tough tough cuts that have a lot of intermuscular fat, a lot of like the shoulder has a lot of muscles bound up on it, right? Yeah. The rib and the short line are just big muscles. It's it's the ribeye steaks, right? Yep. Those don't need to be broken down. They can be cooked quick, high heat, fast temperature, right? Because they're tender enough. And the way that we've bought beef to market is that we've really prioritized what's called the middle meats. And you, you know, you know, the, you know, the cuts, ribeyes, Delmonicos, New York strips, porter houses, T-bones, filet mignons. Those are all from the same muscle groups. And they're in Mm. the, in the middle of the animal. have you heard the term high on the hog
0: high on the hog of course right
2: that comes because the middle meats are on the very top of the animal
0: yeah whether it's a
2: hog or 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 cattle so in the old days you would hang the whole carcass and then break it down and once refrigeration happened we started aging beef in bags but people started doing it this way too and Dry aging is different than wet aging because what dry aging does is it adds another element of flavor. It's almost like the difference between grape juice and wine, right? Mm. Both come from grapes. Yeah. The grape juice kind of tastes like grapes, right? It's sweet. Wine doesn't taste anything like grapes. Yeah, wine
0: fermented,
1: has fermented. has
2: fermented, and that's what's going on behind me is actually that you're creating an environment where a particular type of mold forms on the outside Mm -hmm. that mold has the same enzymatic effects that wet aging does it creates that environment within the muscle where it starts breaking it down but that mold also starts introducing tertiary flavors like blue cheese right? Mm. You look at blue cheese, yep. you see those blue veins. Yeah. You'll start seeing that riddling through the beef behind me. Yes. The, the right? blue, and the purple. And you can purple, see some of that like... has like, has like a white, it has like a white sheen on it. Like that's like a, like yeah. a yeast mold. And you want that, that actually tastes delicious. <laughs> That's the difference (coughs) between dry aged and wet aged beef Is that you get on the very edge of the Of the steak you get this like funkiness It's like a steeliness. It's like at it's most intense it is like blue cheese But it's usually a lot milder than that It's like It's like a funkiness
0: And and, and I know obviously it's a preference A dry age to whatever but like You go to a steakhouse you're going You Nick you're going to go for I'm going for steak Are you always going to go for a a dry uh, A dry aged one a hundred and one percent of the time
2: yeah. I go for dry. age. Yeah,
0: because yeah. I've heard some guys say something about the meat being a little too skunky for them meat eaters that
2: just there, there's no doubt that so just the so just just getting back to the basics of dry aging because I'm almost finished you to wet age something two weeks is perfect. Mm-hmm. After two weeks, it's not going to really get that much more tender. with dry aging two weeks also gets you the right tenderness, but you're going to continue to get different flavors the longer you go. Mm. So it's like wine. Gotcha. Right? You pick it you the could, way you, you taste You can it. age a wine for, for decades, right? Yeah. And it's going to change it. And, the, the lo- and it, in the same way that wine, the longer it goes, the less oxygen it has. The same thing happens with the meat and the more dried out it gets. And it's about that oxygen deprivation that mm. leads to these more intense flavors. And you're right. A lot of people- don't like that really intense flavor of the aged beef. Yeah. And the thing is that we're getting longer, and it's like like anything else, we get more extreme.
0: Yeah, yeah. Twenty-eight
2: days was a standard aging period. Now people are going 35, 30, I seen that. 90, yeah. I had a five hundred day dry aged steak. I,
0: I think that was where I saw it with you in the that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hundreds. like we had
2: like a eighty, and a, like like a they're just doing that to
0: do it. At, at that, point, you know, right? it's like
2: pushing. Yeah, it's like pushing the boundaries of anything else. Like, you know, how loud can we go? like yeah. right.
0: Like it's. Like, and, and, and and
2: and, you're going for a steak. Are you oh?
0: Are you still a, a a prime rib guy? Not that you don't still, love it still, but is that st- still your go to or you're you're going um, porterhouse or what? What's your go to if you have
2: to go to? You have to pick I one. I mean, if I'm if I'm if I'm gonna, I love prime rib, which yeah. is so prime rib. Just to let everyone know, is you take the whole rib section, you roast it right? Like roast beef, and then you slice it off. If you take that same rib section, cut it into steaks, that gives you ribeyes. Yes. Rib steaks. Yes. Right. And if you take the bone off, that's a Delmonico or a boneless ribeye. Yeah. Right. That's my favorite cut. is the rib. Gotcha. So if I'm getting a steak, it's going to be a rib steak. Yeah, if it's going to be, but ultimately I would rather have a roast. Now, not every place does ro- does prime rib, so yeah, prime rib is my favorite. And then after that, I'd get a rib steak. But if I'm at a place like Peter Luger's, where they're famous for their porterhouse, then you go. I might get that. If you go to Sparks, Sparks is famous for their New York strip. It's this gotcha. giant like log of beef. When that's I was a kid, I when
0: I was a kid, the porterhouse. They used to tell me, "Oh, that's the one because you got the fillet and you got the strip." That was always like- and
2: definitely the porterhouse until about. 15 10 15 years ago was the Go to iconic it. new york steakhouse steak
1: yeah.
2: now we're seeing this whole revolution with the rip steak coming out and yeah. tomahawk with the long bone yeah the tomahawk right? is
0: popular as fuck yeah. i love it yeah but i love it but yeah definitely got very flashy you know? you but know? if
2: so if like you know so part of what i do for work now is restaurant consulting Oh, that's dope. and you know i do a lot of like i do a lot of writing for the meat industry and for trade groups and those kind of things and you know a lot of the times, like if i'm if if we're working on a menu what steak should we do i was like well do you want to be old school do you want to be new school if you're yeah, old exactly. school you know yeah you're doing a porterhouse steak that is the classic new york steak
0: yeah, right porterhouse but if
2: you're new steak. school it's got to be a rip yeah. steak. like that's yep. a trendy steak you know
0: yeah for sure and and and, and what would you say what would you recommend because obviously, you know, you have also the privilege one no matter what for quality you got to pay. It's just what it is. You know, and two but also you being a re- you know, a real uh uh motherfucker who came from the trenches. You also know not everybody has the means to to go to the Peter Luger's all the time. I, I used to go to Tad's every Sunday when I couldn't Exactly. Tad's by the <laughs> way. Tad's used to be able to get like a fucking $8 steak back in the day and potatoes and shit. It was a spot. But um, for somebody who's gonna treat themselves they don't and all they got by them is is regular uh, things if they had an order or something where would you think would be a working man what could the working man get if to treat himself where would be a good way to shop a whole foods or online somewhere he uh, a working man guy wants to treat himself to a good quality
2: piece of meat uh, you know i, I think there's I think online is probably the easiest and especially if you want something dry aged. Yeah. Right. Now the problem, like the the thing is that you're going to probably play pretty close to restaurant prices.
0: That That
2: said, if you live in an area of the country, where there are no places that that sell dry steaks. Yeah. You know, it might be a viable option. So yeah, look, look, I eat steak, you know, I mean, it's, it's an embarrassment, but it's like, you know, how many great bands do you see on tour? Yeah. Right, it's like nobody should be exposed to that much music. It's like unfair, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, But it's your job. Like literally, eating is my job. There's there's weeks when I'll, I'm about to go to Texas. I'm gonna eat like in fifteen barbecue joints in three or four days. Like, yeah, you know, it's my job, right? Yeah. So it's like I I it's it, sometimes you get like I don't I never think I'm jaded because I appreciate every bite and I, I I I cherish every bite. At the same time, what you're saying is very important. It's important to put yourself in that cat's shoes right? yeah and for you it's like that's why i know that you give that you give it your all every show it's apparent in the way you play but it's because where we come from like we were that kid standing in front of that show and we, yeah. we scratched together those three bucks to see the mat- Yeah, name. for sure and we look forward to that show for fucking weeks on end right and we know that it's like it's a one shot deal like the one stake that you have to celebrate your birthday Make you're it. only ever going to be yeah, it's 23 and 33 and 43 and 53 and 63 once, right? And that steak yeah. has got to live up to it.
0: And especially if you get to travel, that's why a couple of times I've hit you on occasions like when I was in Texas, you recommended me to go to the Pecan Lounge in one oh, spot. Oh yeah, in Dallas. Like, in Dallas, because yeah. we were looking, yeah. we didn't get a chance to go that day, but because Freddy's on the I, list. Yeah, Freddie's a food maniac and also like I got, I was never a foodie guy, but when it came to barbecue and, and, and meats, and stuff cooked over fire, that's where I love it. So, when it would come to that, I would always, but that's your my- heritage, man. Yeah, like cooking yeah, my like
2: whole, like, whole pigs exactly like- for
0: sure. Just open, you know, family style and, and big, um, cuts of meat. So, I always like that, you know, even b- birds, you know, all types of chickens, all you know, over wood, over coal, something about it to this day. If I could eat like that every day, I would, you know, like just over I- fire I eat that meat. way
2: five days a week,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I like the little. You got that fucking, um, that you were doing the tomahawks in it. Your, your oven, your grill,
2: that thing. That's the one thing I missed. Cause I'm right now I'm back in, in York. Uh, new, so I, during the pandemic, we were just talking about that during the pandemic, I was down in North Carolina and somebody let me borrow their three. I think it was 4,000 square foot house. <laughs> right. And it was right by the state park. And granted, I basically spent the pandemic almost on my own. But what yeah. was I doing in New York? Nobody yeah, was around anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> I went from 700 square feet to like, you know, to three or 4,000 with a state park. And then I could cook outdoors. And I had, the, I had a smoker. I but watched you. The best you. thing of all. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> going right up my nose. The best thing of all was I had the Ottawa Grill. Amazing. which is a, it's basically replicates a steakhouse broiler so i was experimenting trying to do the pia luger style and look it taught me a lot i really and that kind of pivoted my career also because for most you know up until the pandemic like most of my business and my work was was in the restaurant industry directly yeah. you know and then i kind of pivoted to home cooking and delivery and you know we yeah. did what we had to during the pandemic i was doing podcasting and doing all that sure. kind of stuff so it got me thinking more about what can you do to replicate? And a lot of the content I'm actually coming out with is going to be. I've made a bunch of videos about how do you get the steakhouse experience at home?
0: Oh, so that's good. Right? I'm glad you said because I was about to tell you. So like that's wh- where, where did you end up with all that stuff? Because I know, you know, you had the meat show. I still see you on your Instagram, very active. And I know, you, you know, you're, you're still I know you were doing like you just said, you were yeah, doing so I, behind the scenes I, stuff at
2: restaurants and stuff. So I launched my YouTube channel, Meat Life. Right. And we just started rolling. I had a bunch of episodes that were very much in the vein of the meat show restaurant visits and all. And it's like the pandemic hits half of those restaurants aren't even around. Like it, that's how it was brutal here, mate. Like, I mean, you remember gem spa, right? On the corner. Yeah, of of course. Gone. Crazy. Didn't make it like so many places. like Iconic places. Yeah. So the pandemic really made me pivot and I started contacting a lot of meat distributors and meat companies and trying their product out. So I can definitely. What I'll do for this podcast is I'll put together a blog post on my website. It'll have a bunch of links and stuff like yeah, where you can get quality meat. You know where you can get yeah, exactly for sure know. because that's what I'll I put like. Some cooking tips off and everything.
0: Absolutely, because I want everybody to go check out your channel stuff. Because definitely, if you're a meat eater, you, you do it right. Because um, besides, if you're gonna eat you got anything, make it quality. And also, if you're gonna spend money and time on it, learn how to do it right. Exactly. And, and, and yeah. you break it down in a way like exactly, which is great. Like you said, what you're putting out is how to get the steakhouse experience at home. That's right. very important, especially in this day and age right now. You so know.
2: and then, you know, in terms of like shopping, like if you can find a local butcher. That's the best, support, right? Also
0: supporting local, supporting because local,
2: but we- also they're going to have they're gonna, quality. They're going to know their asshole from a porterhouse. For you sure. go to Whole Foods, you go to any of these supermarkets, they have a butcher department. Like, ask awesome them to grind something. They're like, "Oh, we can't do that." It's like yeah a yeah, butcher. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like I want an I want a number seven rib. We're like, oh, sorry, we just cut them here. It's like, no. Get if you can get a local butcher. Another good alternative is sometimes a farmers market. Like, if you have a local yeah. farmers market, you'll find locally produced cattle. But, yeah. Right, especially if you're into like into, if you want something that's grass fed. That's a really good viable option. Living in New York, it's an embarrassment of riches. We, yeah. There's so many places, Florence Butchers, and you yeah, know you and like- brothers, and you can go to like ends meets and like
0: what do you feel? How do you like um you fuck with um elk and
2: all that stuff? Caribou, any of those type of meats, those game meats? I'll eat anything. If it had parents, I'll yeah. eat <laughs> it, right. <laughs> That's what but, she said, but no, but but, right. Right. but to me, like
0: yeah, if you're gonna go go beef. Yeah,
2: it's just we've we have Beef is an is an animal that we have influenced. I mean, other than it's dogs, the Marshall.
0: It's like a Marshall lamp. It's the the go to. It's, it's gold yeah. standard. Right? Yeah, other it's than, the standard. Other,
2: but if you think about it, other than dogs, we have domesticated and changed and altered cattle to our will. It's a very symbiotic relationship because, you know, if you think about what cattle would become in the natural world, you know, they wouldn't have much of, a, of an of impact. But the fact is that like they're they're a big part of our agrarian system now there's no doubt that there is an ecological impact to everything that modern life throws at us. Right. To me, people going on about like how dangerous cattle is and all that stuff when they're chipping away on their iPhones, you know, know. know getting, getting Evian water shipped in from France and avocados from California, you know, you know what? Th- how much it costs to produce avocados in terms of like water consumption? Oh, I know, I know. The same, like and the
0: same people giving me COVID advice With doing blow off a of hooker's asshole. Thank you, know, exactly. Twelve months ago, and, yeah. You know, but I get right. it. I know. So, but I get. it know, I know what
2: you mean. I don't.
0: I, I, what I love that is. you said. You know what you said earlier is what I love that you said. You said, "Look, I'm not here for no health shit or whatever. I'm here to, to tell you, I'm here to try the best fucking meats or foods. Yeah, I've always, I could try. Yeah, and that's." That's enough
2: said. If people here, don't fucking can't take that, they shouldn't even. They should keep it moving. You know. Look, I mean? the late great Anthony Bourdain said it best. He goes, "Your body is not a temple; it's a playground. Right? Yeah. Enjoy the ride." Yeah, right? exactly. we're, no, we're look, not here that, for a long time. We're here You can treat. Time. You can treat your body as a temple, right? If you want to run Ironman, that's, you know, that's a thing. Like, yeah. I'm in shape, but I would never want to put myself through that. You know? Yeah, everybody.
0: It, it's look at this world is for everybody, <clears throat> you know. Again, I love where we came from, because in our world, meaning in our scene, we grew up with the vegan, the vegetarian, the Krishna, the heroin it's, addict, it's so, the it's gay so guy, the this guy, right. you know.
2: It, it's we, the, the interesting thing about that microcosm that you don't see in America as a whole is that we coexisted despite our differences. Right. Yeah. Um, and now it's like now we're just so like, you know. You mentioned, like, COVID, but, like, it's literally every every subject is politicized. Everything yeah, is, is sure. just, it's it's always, it's just left or right. There's only, there's a, there, there's no dichotomy. There's no gray space between us. And the fact is, that what was great about New York Hawker is that there was only gray space. Yeah, there was yeah, no yeah. black and white. It was sure. just it's it was true. just diametrically differently contoured
0: gray circles. I never you know, thought like- about it like that, and that's the only way that's the best way to describe it because I never would use gray as being that that's what we were. But that's exactly what we were. That gray area where.
2: Right. So it, there was always common ground. We could yeah. always find a shade that we yeah. could always we could always come to terms in one shade. But, you know, the that, that separated us. And
0: yes, yeah, you know,
2: like. Beef has been around for thousands of years. It was religious iconography. It was currency. It's clothes. It's shelter. Yeah. It, it was glue. It was beef. It was cooking fat. It's food. Right. And it's always been part of a regenerative uh, agricultural system. You rotate crops, you rotate fields, the the beast of burden till the fields, their manure, you know, gives life to the field and then you eat the, you know, it's part of the thing. So to me, it's like, it is a, it is a natural outgrowth of our human existence at the same time. Like what's going on behind me is completely a function of modern (laughs) society, but guess what? Those organic peas you're eating are treated in exactly the same way. They go to yeah. a giant factory. They're put on a giant truck. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yep. The idea of you growing an organic vegetable in Poughkeepsie and driving it down on your 57 pickup truck, right? And setting it up at the farmer's market. The carbon footprint of you burning all that diesel fuel, loading it up, right? Growing in the Catskills, is far less environment. It's far less efficient than growing in the Midwest.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just the
2: economy of scale in America. It's just cheaper, more efficient, and ultimately easier to grow everything in in Idaho. All the potatoes in Idaho. Yeah, you have you put them on a train. A train is actually a pretty efficient way of doing it. The, you know, that's right. from I, Poughkeepsie is not.
0: I keep my world and like just like this podcast. I keep my world. You know, like the island of broken toys. Everybody's invited everybody's welcome and get get ready to meet people that do not think the way you do but yeah, that's but what he- I love that's what I was saying like you know we're we're health conscious we also enjoy what we enjoy you know that's why I I, I never shitted it on even as a kid if they were vegan if they were straight edge if they were this if they were that to me I'm like yo you got my back I got your back oh yeah I like what you do I don't like do. that's only all, all I cared about
2: Yeah, and look, the other thing is that it didn't, it was, the fact is that all of us, you know, with diet and everything else, we still had more in common than we had not in common, right? Yeah, Yeah, we eat different food. Look, I remember some awesome meals sat around like gandhi indian restaurant after the hardcore matinee and it was like a row of peace punks eating vegetarian yeah food and then like you know it was like me and roger and all and the whole crew eating like you know lamb curries yeah yeah. right and guess what we were breaking bread and nobody gave a fuck what the other person was eating you know i just celebrated my 53rd birthday and i normally go to smith at walensky yeah but it was like, you know, it's a COVID year. People yeah. are broke. I didn't want to go somewhere too fancy. I went there on my own anyway. So, yeah. you know, I was always <laughs> going to get that out. But the fact is, like, I know that I'm not going to get to pay on my birthday. And I didn't want to have everyone spend, you know, hundreds of dollars. I went to John's on And the reason we did that is because back in the old days, like, that was one of the places we go on people's birthdays. Wow. And we get like an eight top and get pitches of beer and Man, we they- get half pizza, half meat. And half cheese, and, right? they and have, half vegan, right? Exactly. No cheese. And like, back then they didn't care that like half the pizza had pepperoni on it, right? Like Yeah, of course. It, 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 didn't, matter it, it didn't matter
0: if it touched. Like, I like telling people, I, I, I got into hardcore before it mattered what was on the menu. You know, That uh, we all grew up with straight edge vegan. You know, that, that's what I love about hardcore. I knew about veganism and veganism, vegetarianism early on because of being around this. So it was cool. We were up on some shit, even if we weren't with it. We knew about yoga, about India. We knew about all that shit, like it or not. But that, but we also learned about tattoos. We learned about different cultures. We learned about the biker lifestyle. We yeah, learned about the all thing, these alternative
2: lifestyles from where we come and the, from. And the thing that being in a hardcore band affords you is that you get to see the world, right? As most kids our age wouldn't get to travel. And yeah, you know, exactly. Or you if know, they we, did, they're with their parents. They ain't looking at the underbelly of life, right? Then yeah. On, it's uh yeah. No
0: no no, for sure. We lucked out on that and you know again um that's why I'm like um that's why I kind of, I liked with the with the podcast was you know sharing the things that we got to do in life because we lucked out for bit for still for coming from a uh very basic a means of of what we do you know very grassroots very in the trenches you know we saw a lot and we got to experience a lot you know and I think that's why we appreciate the things that we appreciate now because we got to, one, we had the, the option to travel and do that and it was connected with a lifestyle. It wasn't just something we got into. Somehow it connected with our lifestyles. Yeah. Which and, was and music. It's
2: so, exactly. And then through that, you see the threads and like, yeah. look, you were talking about like when you're in, in Dallas, like where do you eat? Like one of the things I really want to do is put together a guide to the best places to eat near important venues. Yes, right? that's the thing. And I'm not talking about Madison Square Garden. I'm talking about, of course, the local. Like, How?
0: yeah, How? yeah. Like
2: the un, like the bricks, like the underground. Or That's like the a Brickson good Academy, idea. Listen, right? let me know.
0: We do a little collab. That's something
2: we do. Yeah, we do like for sure. Uh, you
0: know, a road book for these for motherfuckers on the road, and fucking, you know, it's definitely something that I think would be a good thing because a very a, a conversation that comes up on the ride and when we're there, what's to eat? What's right. around here? Right. You know what I mean? And um. I was actually gonna start doing a little bit of that on my YouTube channel with Freddie because Freddie's a big food guy. So I'm like, I'm gonna start following this motherfucker because he will go through swim through rivers, climb over walls. He'll do you don't know what he'll do to eat. Like, don't you think we should have like Vinny Stigma? We should have a cooking show. Absolutely. P- pasta with linguini with Vinny Stigma. But look at before we get out of here. I want to give somebody some the people out here a little of your brain, a little bit of your knowledge coming from you being like, okay, it's right now we want to make something simple that everybody makes. We are making get hamburgers, right? What are we buying? What's your, what's the, the Nick um, ratio of what are we doing for our hamburgers at home? We're going to grill outside family style, barbecue style. What would the meat man himself
2: do? Well, for any hamburger, the most important thing is fat mm-hmm. because fat is not just flavor, but it's also texture. And it's also kind of the vehicle that cooks the hamburger. The fat, like, keeps bubbling. The the fat itself will percolate, and that's going to render heat through the hamburger. So you can have a rare hamburger that's warm through. Talking about the Joe Jr.'s hamburger, one of the reasons it's so great is because even though you get it rare, it's still warm on the inside. A lot of steakhouse, I love steakhouses, but they fuck up hamburgers. They yeah. grind it, they sear the outside, the inside's cold.
0: Cold, yeah. That's
2: not a hamburger. That's called yeah. steak tartare. That's not yeah. the same, right? So you want at least 80-20, but ideally maybe 75% lean meat, 25% fat. Fat. Or if you're really adventurous, go 70% lean to 30% fat. Now, that's somewhere where a butcher will be able to grind for you. Got you. Now, got one you. of the reasons, and we'll talk very quickly about USDA grading. There's basically three grades, right? There's there's um, prime, choice, and select. Hold on, I got a call. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Prime is the best, and that's to do with how much fat is in the uh, within the muscle itself. That's called intramuscular marbling. So prime. a higher fat gives you more flavor, and so the best steaks, the steaks that are dry aging, are prime steaks. Prime steaks. Because you're not going to dry age a low, a lesser cut. Of course. It's not worth the money, because that costs a lot of money. You lose when you're doing this. You're losing you're losing weight out of it. Yeah. So that will go in, you know, like 10 or 15 percent lighter than it went.
0: Yeah, For about.
2: sure. So you want something that's like. 25 to 20% fat. Then you want high, like like a steak, because the fat's exposed, it's ready to go. You don't want to cook a hamburger low and slow. That's going to leave you with a hockey puck that's gray all the way through and has no outside char. You want to cook this thing fast. You want to put what's called, you want to, what's first called the Maillard reaction. That is a browning on the outside. Uh huh. And the Maillard happens around, I think it's like, uh, I I'd have to look this up, but it, at a certain temperature, you get the Maillard reaction. Uh-huh. That's when you start seeing the browning, the same thing happens in bread, right? Uh-huh. When it gets to be like 280 degrees or something, you get this browning and then past that, you get caramelization. And what those things do is they give you those flavor notes that acridity, that char, that smoky flavor, that yeah. when you smell a hamburger cooking, it's at that temperature. It's not when it's like gray and bubble that, gotcha. that's not giving you those flavor notes. So you want to hit that, and then depending if you're doing a smash burger, which is super thin, like a Shake Shack, yep, then it's just about doing it as quickly as possible. Of course. With the with a thicker burger, you want to develop that crust, and then it's about bringing the inside up to temperature. And the best way to do any kind of cuts of meat is get yourself a meat thermometer, because with meat you're not cooking to time, you're cooking to temperature.
0: The temperature, yeah, of course. Right, like sure.
2: A pasta will only ever take ten minutes to become al dente. Yeah. Right? Now, obviously, there'll be some variances if you're going up and ball sea park, level, yeah, but ballpark, like you can the pack. But a medium rest steak, like the you know, a two degree temperature difference is going to make a difference in the way it comes out. Right? Is your pan hot enough? Did you run it? You know. So, in terms of preparing your pans for steaks and for hamburgers, steaks are going to run. You're going to want to run a bit hotter. Like, basically, if I'm cooking a steak on my on my flat top, I want it to be, like, at least 500 degrees. Ooh. Right? A hamburger, four to 500 degrees is good. Gotcha. But that'll give you that caramelization. It'll give you that charring, right? So- 80-30? Uh, 20, 80-20. Tw- 80-20. Yeah, 80-20.
0: Right. I got my GD, sorry. 20, so whenever 20.
2: you're cooking, if you're cooking on a grill, if you're cooking on a flat top, flat top is actually better for hamburgers. Because with a grill- the meat is dripping the fat. Yeah. right on Got a flat you. top, it's actually percolating confiting in its own juices. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: It makes sense. Right? I never thought about that. Yeah. So if yep. you,
2: if you are cooking on a grill, maybe you go for a slightly fattier mm. thing.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. No. And I wanted to tell that because I know a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of us, uh, people that do eat me, we don't got the, the broilers and stuff, but I know the burgers across the board, and I know people yeah. fuck up the burgers.
2: Yeah, well, and also a flat, like, a stovetop with a, a cast-iron skillet that yeah. you got. I mean, you can yeah. get, go and get ne- a large and, and never press the shit. So, so you can't, like, when you see, like, you can do a smash burger when you press it right away. Yes, smash, of When course. meat is cold, the fat is solid. No mm-hmm. matter how, I mean, like, you may be able to do it because you're in pretty good shape, but it's yeah. very you can't, you can't squeeze fat Cold fat, you're not going to squeeze the fat out. It's just gonna get flat,
0: right? Diet. So when you're
2: making a smash burger, you heat the pan up, you put the burger on, you smash it. Yeah. Then you flip it. But the thing is two-dimensional, it's flat, right? Once the meat is heated up, you do not want to press it because you're basically pressing all that juice and flavor and uh, love out of that bag. Right. Got so th- yeah. Now there's a couple of meat myths we should dispel, right? Uh-huh. You don't seal anything in. When you sear a piece of meat, like right? people like, you sear it. You sear it to seal the flavor. and No, it doesn't work that way, because if it did, when you stuck a meat thermometer in, wouldn't it like blow up? Like you know, <laughs> yeah. the fact is, if that was a proper seal, that heat would generate would blow up, right? And and as the steam evaporated inside, that steam would then cause the meat to inflate. It. What actually happens is that it's porous,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the fat does come out. But if you don't if you don't press it down enough stays in that the meat becomes lush and tender when you eat it. Right. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Don't. So the seasoning is important. Always season your meat, but here's the rule of seasoning. Either do it. Like I, I do a lot of the times if I have a big thick steak, I'll season it ahead of time Uh the day before and I'll leave it unwrapped in the refrigerator. And what happens then is the meat, the salt is working its way into the meat it's pushing out moisture uh-huh. and then that's going to give you a better sear because the surface will be dried out dry times, sure, right oh, so dry when you fun, go to sear it, it right it's like drying so, a
0: steak before you cook it also patting exactly, it exactly yeah so,
2: so with with salt what salt does is it goes in and moisture comes out so if you're going to season it either season it right ahead of time season it put it down or do it 24 hours or an hour ahead of and time let it do
0: it too, gotcha.
2: but if you do it like Twenty minutes before the top of the server is going to be all wet, mm. and that's the enemy of searing. And you want yeah. a good sear because that's what gives you that char, that crunch, that crust, yep. that flavor. And Absolutely. then that's the contrast to the inside, which you want to cook to a lesser degree, so rare, medium rare, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, but a meat thermometer is going to is that's that's the, the only way you know for meat in general. Eventually, you'll be able to just do it by feel, right? Yeah. You could play a fretless instrument; you don't yeah. need to look into the frets, but yeah. When you got were first you. trying to play smoke on the water, right? Yeah, like yeah. you had
0: to look at those. Yeah, for sure. And let me ask you this: How you and I? I've, I got my my in my head. What I think it is: What's the bun? You 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 um you top off your house burger with
2: the most generic American bun you can find. Mar- like to me, Mar-
0: or just. It, Anyone not, even, I a a Martin. I'm not even a Martin. Too, fancy. too high class. Too it's, fancy. It's, why
2: is it yellow? It's got it's a fancy brand name. No. Why is it yellow? I to love me, the Martins. It's, to me, it's, it's a great bun, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And it's got the thing about Martins, it has this really nice texture where you feel that it wraps around the burger yeah. like yeah, um, yeah exactly almost like, 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 like a like a Chinese, like a Chinatown pork bun. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's got this nice, it's got a good physical like feel to it. But to me, a white generic bun is like a canvas, it's a blank canvas, <laughs> right? I, I like feel- it's almost you just want it to be this ephemeral handle that has like absolutely no flavor input.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got you. you, know? you. I got you. I get that part because like like a white castle bun is ama- amazing. Whatever immaculate. it is, because it, it does like, that what you say. It just it is immaculate. It, yeah, and, and in fact, the white like castle. Oil. Is-
2: it, it just absorbs the grease and the juice and the, and because they're steaming it. Yeah. And all of that flavor is coming up and the bun just captures the essence. You could eat the white castle bun and get the essence of the hamburger. That's what right? I
0: mean. Yeah. It does the, exactly that. No. And, and I'm, first of all, I'm glad I was able to catch you because I was like, I had a lot of questions still with the meat. And one day I want to do it where, uh, we're gonna do that. I'm, I'm 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 working on a lot of stuff coming up for the next year. Where we're gonna do a lot more video blogging, and we're gonna do one of these where you walk us through. We're gonna do one too. When when you walk us through the one on one hamburger for the one on one guy at home, so we he can, can see how the big dogs do we it. We
2: can we can shoot from the kitchen
0: absolutely can on, we can do it on camera and we definitely do it because you do it right everybody i'm always hitting nick up whenever i got any meat questions because i said if i'm going to eat meat it's going to be the best and i know he knows where the best is so if you guys got any questions where could everybody follow all whatever you're blogging wherever your your instagrams give everybody your handles now because so the easiest, there, a, lot of, a lot of savages are listening to us a lot of meat eaters so
2: the easiest way is uh NickSolaris.com, N I C K S O L A R E S. Um, and I have links to everything. They have a ton of articles. I have cooking articles. I have dry aging articles. I have articles about like a lot of reviews of stuff. Go uh, there if you're coming to New York. There's a lot of recommendations.
0: Absolutely follow his Instagram because I literally hit him up last week on how to uh, cook a steak. So, um, he. He's on board. If you you gonna get hungry watching his fucking Insta feed, but he's the man to hit up if you got any questions on me. And um, and what are you doing now? Any before we get out? Any um? I know so you. So I, could, have, some, I yeah. have my
2: YouTube channel, Meat Life. That's a safe. You can like subscribe everything to that. To subscribe to Meat Life. Uh, we got some content coming out, cooking content. Perfect. Dry aging at home. How to cook steaks. How to cook the perfect hamburger. Um, when when you get that stuff, I'm gonna do it because I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on my on my page on my
0: channel also. Because that's what I want to start doing is doing stuff, you know, stuff that I like, like that, like the, the, you know, what we could do at home. But like every, some, of, some of the people think what we get to do is that we're lucky to be able to do it. Well, we're lucky to be able to do in what we're doing. But this is stuff that we learned how to do and we learned how we could do it at home and sharing the knowledge. Because if you're going to eat, let's eat good and learn how to not ruin the hard-earned money we spend on these exactly. good quality yeah. cuts. So definitely follow you because you definitely know what you're doing. I burn, but um, what else? Writing? What else is what? what what's where well, we could catch you
2: doing anything so, right uh, now? I'm doing. I've been writing a lot of stuff. Actually, on my blog, nicksolaris.com. Uh, Twitter is uh, at nick underscore solaris, but I don't really use Twitter. You know, it's yeah. like but I like go Instagram. on and add that shit. Yeah, Instagram, Instagram is live. Um, I don't use Facebook much. So I didn't even notice that it was down yesterday, but yeah. I know his Instagram was down.
0: Yeah, but no, um, I'm
2: glad we made it happen. Yeah, I lost contact yesterday with,
0: with everything fucking freezing up. But um, it's crazy, like how dependent we are on these things. Now? I know. And I know. Like, I don't even got your real number. But back um, in the old
2: day, we would just go to a corner of Avenue A and 7th Street. Exactly.
0: Right? <laughs> but you know what? The great thing is now we got video, we got audio, we could connect. The world connects very easy now, you know, which. This is something positive that came out. Yeah, of this so listen, negative. let's
2: do let's do some cooking stuff. Let's do some uh, touring America food recommendations. We'll absolutely, that's gonna put something we to talk about. For we'll sure. put together the guide. We'll get like all the bands involved. We'll do vegan yes. options. We'll do meaty options. Right? A- absolutely, it's something very, very
0: obviously, especially now. You know, from being able to tour, how to tour clean, how to eat good, and also the quality, um, affordable. Hey, right. And know, also,
2: look, supporting people. Look, there's a lot of chefs yes. that are in the hardcore scenes, right? A lot. Facts. There's a lot of chefs, like, support, our, you know, like, let's keep it real. Like, support the people that support us, right? Exactly.
0: Like, I always say, the beauty of our world, like, shout out to Talent Crossroads and also shout out Maddie Madison. These are two different worlds. Hardcore kids doing their thing, making food delicious. Nick, I'm glad you were able to come on. Good to see you. This you is going to come mate. out next week. I'm going to send you the flyers. And all that good shit. And next time I see you, hopefully we'll have a steak. We'll have a st- There'll only be a steak between us next time. We yeah, see exactly. Each other. Not exactly. It won't be just a steak. But yo, <laughs> one love, yo. We talk soon, Nick. I'll hit you up with the info for this. All right. Cheers, mate. Love you guys. Yo, love you. One love. Peace, Peace out, everybody.